Welcome to episode 138 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the bullcrap edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, you, it's a double entendre, as I usually am like uh, like to do. Uh, my name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, Josh Refine. Uh, crazy weekend of racing, a lot of nonsense, and our football teams had differing results for sure. I think you'll have some takes on that. Yeah, I definitely feel like I got a lot of on that but i mean it was definitely a weekend of bullcrap depending on your perspective for me bullcrap on the jaguars uh they should have won against the houston texans um and now a lot of people are changing their minds or uh adjusting their perspective on trevor lawrence uh bullcrap on the potentially on the finish of the race for the uh, nascar cup series um depending on who your driver was uh and if they made the playoffs or not bullcrap if you were in Formula One and didn't like how Formula One went this season with Max Verstappen going on a tear throughout the year and winning the title uh, and many other things. Uh, so, um, you know, a lot of a lot of bull crap to go around this weekend. But hey, we're here for it. Absolutely, we're gonna go all we're gonna go through all of it. Uh, Cup Series at the Roval. It was basically a procession, like most of the road races have been this year. Um, there was debris on the racetrack for essentially a whole stage, uh, end of the second stage and into the third. William Clyde Elliott the second was going to win yet another road race, and then they threw a yellow with two to go. Um, and from there, uh, things really got out of hand, uh, which saw Christopher Bell go and, go and airmail it into the, into the next round. Um, Chase Briscoe airmailed it into the backstretch chicane, with an assist from his buddy Cole Custer, and um, that's probably the best move of Cole Custer's career. It's better than when he made the restart move at Can whatever Kentucky for his one Cup win. Um, but there are a lot of butthurt Chevrolet drivers in the process. One of them being the defending series champion Kyle Larson. We'll get into who's in and who's out heading into Las Vegas. Some news, of course. College Racing made some announcements. Kind of this follow back on that and um they've set up their whole entire lineup for the 2023 season um xfinity speaking of college racing aj allmendinger on a heater um wins yet another road course race fourth consecutive win at the roval um he's won five two races in a row he's won five races this season he's giving himself a backdoor shot at a championship uh at phoenix and that's all you can ask for, really, for colleague. They really haven't had a lot of pace um, at times this year relative to junior motorsports and Gibbs uh, with Keebler and, and Gagson. So we'll see who's out on that side as well. The uh, Formula One race, the Japanese Grand Prix. Yes, the Japanese Grand Prix came back for the first time since 2019. That was good. It rained for a good part of the weekend, and um, it was a interesting qualifying, but that was where it really ended. Uh, the start of the race we'll get into was somewhat intriguing, but then from there it kind of went off the rails. Um, there was a tractor on the racetrack that almost took out Pierre Gasly. Uh, there was spinning out and traction issues to the point where they had to stop the race. FIA making up rules as they go since they've become like WWE. They do wwe crap like nascar does um probably because liberty media owns them so it kind of makes sense and it makes sense that they have a phony fraudulent uh guy and team who cheats 
um, winning a second consecutive world championship. But that's red. That's part of the bull crap. If you don't pick up on that, I'm pretty sure you do. But I figure that is. And then um, speaking of a fellow, you know, bull crapper, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, 19th win of the season. Last time that Holden will be on the mountain, at least for a very long time. Uh, in the Bathurst 1000, he wins with Gothenda in the great race, beating Chaz Mostert uh, for Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. Um, their last few races before they go to Ford next year, uh, Cameron Waters uh, finishes third, so he doesn't finish second in the great race this time. He finishes third. He got run over early in the race and came back, so credit to him and Tickford Racing. Uh, he's really great on the mountain. He qualified on pole. They rained out the the top ten shootout because they had serious issues with ponding and and water running across the racetrack. So they weren't going to be able to have a safe top ten shootout. We'll get into that in the GSP roundup. World Superbikes in Portugal. The British Touring Car Championship ended their 2022 season at Brands Hatch. Uh, then we'll preview MotoGP Moto Two. In uh, Australia, Phillip Island, so probably we'll get a Casey Stoner appearance uh, this weekend, which will be nice. Um, probably we'll, we'll also bring up the end of we'll bring up the end of the W series, uh, canceling canceling their remaining 2022 races. Um, that's uh, unfortunate for the series and for women drivers there are some good there is good news in other areas like kelly moss racing who does porsche cup and other other racing entities they're going to run a shootout for women drivers so that's a positive um jamie chadwick might end up coming to the united states because it doesn't seem like she has any options in europe to run formula two or formula three so the you know, Formula One, the those teams' losses again, possibly for IndyCar to see her po- uh, possibly go and drive for Andretti Autosport. We'll uh, talk football. Uh, Niners get a victory, but lose a bunch of players to injury. Uh, Josh's Jaguars lose an ugly game against the Houston Texans, and um, I have Trevor Lawrence on multiple teams, so I felt the pain too. Um, I've been a believer in him, but even I'm starting to wonder. Um, yep. So uh, the we'll get into that. We'll get into our fantasy teams. I mean, Josh's team's looking pretty good. To has a good shot to win against uh, Joey. I'm losing already after Josh Jacobs scored a touchdown, fourteen nothing. Um, you're not going to get play by play from me this week, um, unlike last week because it's not the 49ers. Now, if the Yankees are playing in Game Five next week or whatever game it would be at that point. I think it is game five. Um, you'll get play-by-play from me then. But let's get into it. Uh, Cup Series, Charlotte Roval, Bank of America Roval 400, sees Christopher Bell, who led only two laps of the race, the last two laps. He was up there, I guess. I mean, he was contending. He he was running the race to, to win the race, but he didn't have outright speed i think the it was a 16 of aj allmendinger and tyler reddick who's won multiple road races this year three races total and then of course william Clyde elliott the second were the three best cars joey logano after winning the first stage disappeared 
Um, he did get stage points in the second stage, but after the first stage was basically irrelevant. Um, I mean, Allmendinger, I think, had the best car. He led, or an L, I mean, Elliott was led the most laps in the end, along with those. Elliott led the most laps in Logano and Allmendinger, Tyler Reddick. So those were the four guys that really dominated the race. There are other people sprinkled in that led laps, but those are the four dominant figures. The latter three were the ones that dominated the race. Um, questionable late race caution that, you know, and I always say, and I've said it for years at Hendrick Motorsports, when their drivers lead, they don't make those phantom caution calls. Well, the caution was out there for a long time, and they could have called it at any time. Supposedly, somebody ran that billboard out onto the groove with like two laps to go, and they had to call the caution. I mean, at that point, when you consider the stuff that was going on with Daniel Suarez with no power steering and Kyle Larson wrecking himself and, and knocking himself out of the playoff, breaking a toe link, and some of the other shit that was going on, the fact that you throw that caution in that spot seemed convenient. It changed the race for sure, Josh. And I mean, for me as a Chase Briscoe fan, it, when the Suarez deal happened, I was like, okay, all right, we have a semblance of a chance, but I figured like Sindrick or or somebody else would go or Larson would pass him. I'm like, all right, fine. Then the Larson thing happened. I'm like, okay, so now we're really in good shape. We should probably be able to make it in. Then Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch cleaned out Chase Briscoe on that restart, the first uh, overtime restart or whatever it was. Like, it is, I don't think it was overtime when they had that caution. Um, yeah, the debris caution was at lap 106. And um, I think the race is 109 lap distance. So yeah, the then they called then the that caution caused a red flag and uh, for six minutes, and then they um, had the last restart there. And he he made a late breaking move that looked even crazier than it probably was in reality because um, Cole Custer essentially stopped. Um, which a lot of people are butthurt about, which is great. Um, you know, whether it's the tears of Larson fans or um, the tears of the five people that are Austin Dillon fans or the 25 people that are Eric Jones fans, um, being all the people that were aggrieved. I mean, Tyler Reddick cleaned out Clyde. Um, there were other people that are getting cleaned out at the end of that race. It was, it was pretty epic. It looked like uh, Noah Gregson driving ability went to everybody else in in that sense at the end of that race but a lot to dig into a lot to dive into Kevin Harvick looked like he had stolen one the closer but Christopher Bell had a rocket ship on new tires and um Adam Stevens showing once again why he's one of the best crew chiefs in the business um taking what looked like a more than likely scenario of getting eliminated out of the playoffs when they were the best car in a round of 16 to backdooring in with a win at the Roval um, second road course win of Christopher Bell's career. So interesting for sure. He likes these infield road course type raises, but, and Toyota has not had pace on road courses all year, but he seemingly was up there and had enough pace to justify himself. Um, but great job by them. Uh, the Gibbs still has two, representatives in the playoffs um the 45 got eliminated out of the owner's points championship but um so two toyotas three fords 
uh, with two Penske cars, so Briscoe, Logano, and and uh, Blaney, and then three Chevrolets with Clyde, um, Byron, who probably shouldn't have been there in the first place after he ran over um, Danny Hamlin, um, and they rescinded the penalty because he drives for Hendrick, and he's a he's a freaking you know pasty fuck. And then um, uh, Ross Chastain keeps uh, track house alive, but. A lot to dive into, Josh, in that race for sure. Yeah, definitely a, a lot to dive into here. And, um, I mean, you know, the first, you know, two stages of this race uh, was basically pit strategy. When you look at it, um, you know, the it looked like, you know, two differing strategies, you know, the uh, Logano and Byron uh, staying out. And then, you know, you had uh, Reddick and Allmendinger, um, you know, pitting before the stage um, and then, into stage two, they both take the lead, and they noted, you know, broadcast noted that that was an important restart because whoever took the lead there possibly could, uh, you know, have the race victory. And in a lot of ways, it's starting to sound like, because, you know, of course, the um, this is a road course car now racing on a road course with a next gen car. It started to sound, you know, kind of like an Indy car race or, uh, a, you know, Formula one. race. Yeah, Formula One, where, you know, um, a pass for the lead coming off of a, a yellow uh, could mean the race. Um, and we've seen that a lot in NASCAR over the years. Um, green flag pit stops, uh, you know, with the leaders uh, taking taking lead on the pit cycle uh, or whatever. But um, just like you know, how early it came, that type of announcement came, um, you know, compared to where it normally comes, you know, often you know during you know the end of stage two, where there's at least two pit stops left, uh, you know, compared to maybe the last pit stop, you know, showed it was very very much like. Um, real uh real road course series rather than stalkers just merely racing on road course but of course you know the, the real controversy did not come until you know about uh the last you know 20 laps or so when things started to unfold um i mean you had uh daniel suarez already get into it with uh cory lajoy and then you know later on track house uh with you know their stuff with uh the you know axle braking for uh ross chastain and having issues there and going to the garage Kyle Larson uh, breaking a toe link after hitting the wall, and things were starting to f- unfold. The dominoes started to fall, and then the caution for what's basically a, a cardboard sign uh, comes out on lap 105. So you have uh, you know a couple of laps to go here, 10, 10 laps, or yeah, you know, yeah, less than five laps to go here uh, on a 109 lap race. Caution comes out for um, cardboard sign debatable whether it should have even been there in the first place and that's really set things um sideways and then that allows kevin harvick to take the lead off the restart you know aj almaner gets bumped out of the way uh out out of the way there then chase elliott gets spun out then on the back stretch uh you know a lot of stuff happened uh and chase briscoe got spun out as well and that looked like that might be the end of his race there right but it wasn't and then uh, I guess the curbing in the turtles got messed up, uh, and that caused another caution. They red flagged the race, uh, and then everything broke, all hell broke loose from there. And then you saw more stuff. Uh, Austin Sindrick got uh, spun out there as well, trying to outbreak into the corner. And I, you know, I think maybe some wheel hop or something caused that. But uh, you get to the last lap. Chase Briscoe needs, he needs to get into the chase or to the playoffs next round, and his teammate. Um, looks like he slows down. I mean, this is what I thought on TV is like, you know, Chase Briscoe. I mean, I give him credit for 
uh, dive bombing into the corner because he needed to do that anyways. But it just looked like um, there was a problem. It almost like I thought like somebody else had crashed and Chase was like, yeah, I'm going for it here. Try to pick up a position, um, you know, going into the uh, chicane. And, um, and then, you know, it looks like whatever reason Cole Custer slowed, slowed down or basically brake checked into the corner for Austin Dillon. And you know, allows basically you know his teammate passes both of them, and they get into the chase. So or you know you know go to the the next round of eight. So a lot of controversy there uh, with how that ended. Um, is it race manipulation? I mean, I mean, I kind of to me, I I think there on some level it is, but it's to be expected now these days with the playoffs. Um, I mean, is it as blatant as, you know, Clint Boyer and, and Brett Griffin and those guys from 2013? Probably not. Because, um, you know, obviously, is your arm itch, you know, itchy, scratch it, you know, that kind of thing. That's from 2013 at Richmond. You know, that, that kind of thing is never going to happen again. And, you know, teams probably learned when it comes to politics and stuff that uh, of how, you know, decisions to be made of who gets to, you know, how to, you know, manipulate finishes, not going to be as blatant like that, but certainly there's always going to be room for interpretation and, um, you know, room for, uh, you know, race manipulation, results manipulation. We don't, you know, we, we see this in other series and we've seen it in Formula One over the years, politics between teammates and stuff. I mean, freaking last year, championship race for Formula One. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Sergio Perez was blocking, uh, Lewis Hamilton in the early stages, uh, you know, of that race. And even though Lewis ended up taking the lead there, you know, he was definitely trying, you know, to, uh, impede his race, uh, for Lewis, uh, so that Max could get a, a huge advantage. And, you know, of course, gave him the nickname Minister of Defense there. And, you know, over here in NASCAR, you know, you see Cole Custer just jam the brakes into the corner and they say he had a flat tire and everything. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, finished in 24th, it looks 24th. Like. So, so, okay, maybe he did have a flat tire because obviously, you know, he was in the top 10, uh, you know, finish. He was in ninth place, eighth, ninth place. So maybe he did have a flat tire. So maybe it looks legitimate there. Um, maybe it's all convenient. Maybe it was legitimate, but you know, just the finish of it just looked fishy, uh, and very, you know, very convenient there. Uh, but you know, that, that's my take of it really is that it just, it just looked fishy. And, um, you know, if, um, you know, they showed Chase Briscoe's data, you know, Parker, like I said, last night, Parker, uh, tweeted out his data and everything. Yep. Uh, so, Clearman showed the data from the SMT graphs or whatever, throttle traces. And I mean, just show the thing from uh, Custer, you know, just eliminate any doubt, you know, fans questioning it, you know, regardless of where you're saying. I think it doesn't really matter if you're a Larson fan uh, or anybody else or a Briscoe fan or a Custer fan, just show the data and, you know, eliminate any any uh, reasonable doubt for interpretation there. Just, um, you know, show the data and show that yeah he did have flat tire so and and even then like there's you know replays you know sometimes it's hard to determine everything so just you know show the freaking data and uh let you know that way people see what actually happened but you have that uh and so now you know now larson's eliminated and by the way now he's seen it on both sides being eliminated, right? So go back to 2018, the first ever Roval race, you know, destroyed right front and, you know, barely makes it into the next round of the playoffs. And then here it gets eliminated on the last lap. So both he's seen it on both ends, goes both ways. So, you know, that's that's how it, it crumbles for 
uh, you know, five team. That's how it ends up for 14 uh, cars. So, you know, we move on from there. Um, uh, you know, now the guy, you know, going by points without the playoffs, you know, the 16th best driver on points, Chase Briscoe, is now sitting in, you know, the, the uh, transfer, you know, the, the last spot to get in for the round of eight. So um, going to be a lot for him to get into, you know, this final race. Uh, at Phoenix, which he won, so there's could be a, a huge advantage if he somehow makes it into uh, the final four here in NASCAR uh, at the end of the season here at Phoenix and a month from now. Um, but certainly, certainly, certainly possible now. Um, and then you know, so that's pretty much pretty much just the controversy there. It all started from the uh, cardboard box, which or sign, which you know. Um, should that even been there in the first place? And by the way, even Chase Briscoe had said that thing had been sitting there for at least 20 laps. And I think even Hamlin or somebody else said that it been sitting there since at least maybe the beginning of the second stage. So definitely, uh, definitely, a um, questionable call on NASCAR there when they could have thrown that caution. Uh, yeah. so, you know, that's how NASCAR is and, you know, continue to, you know, when, you know, they pull the WWE flag or whatever you want to call it when it's convenient for them to do it. So I don't know. We'll. We'll see. We'll go from there. But um, interesting note, though. So, uh, you know, one last note for me. But, uh, you know, the Christopher Bell first career victory, road course Daytona. I was there. Of course, road course Charlotte race here we we uh, were given access to and I uh, had had tickets to. So interesting enough, uh, Chase or Christopher Bell, um, the last two times I had tickets to a NASCAR event um, and actually attend or, well, can't really say that but you know i wasn't able to go this time but um you know just had other plans and stuff but um interesting enough um those two times uh you know he actually won so not really sure what the connection is there but i thought of that a couple minutes ago so i got there's the proxy thing with our regular contributor joe good friend joe passero who you met up with last week he was at the roval with his father he is going to be on yep. next week to go and give his thoughts on all things NASCAR. He was there. He saw Christopher Bell make it. So in the end, by proxy, by pro- we have we have we have connection yeah, by proxy there. So yeah, somehow yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we don't have any connection in winning at New Hampshire and no. and or the fact that he was afraid of the lobster. But he but he we definitely have some sort of connection to him. Okay, winning so when we had, we had tickets or attended a NASCAR road course race. There you go. Yeah. So, so I I guess if I end up attending Watkins Glen for cup, which I doubt I'm probably would rather go for six hours, but um, maybe we'll see if Chris Bell wins that one. But um, yeah, the, the whole, the, the roller coaster of emotions that I was going through at the end of that race, uh, I was thinking that Briscoe was out. They ran the race as though, you know they were trying to score stage points or on the periphery on the uh, back into the top 10 nothing of great significance they didn't look like a contender it was those three Chevys that were really the fast cars and Sindrick ran like crap which was surprising but you know when you look at uh his season in general i mean yes Sindrick has got a 15.6 average and he has nine top fives or five top fives, nine top tens. Um, I mean, it's funny how he actually has better statistics than Chase Briscoe. He has a better qualifying average by two positions, essentially, or position and a half. And he's 
got two positions on him by finishes. In terms of full-time drivers, Chase Briscoe is 21st in average, and he's in the final eight with a chance, if he somehow or another wins one of these next three races, to get into the final four. I mean, there's this is the thing that really needs to happen to go and set people off. Ryan Blaney needs to get into the final four and finish second to insert name here that isn't in the final four and he wins a championship that will go and set people off when when he wins they people the you you thought that it was, people thought it was bad with bzf when they freaked out when matt kenseth won one race and he dale Earnhardt did a championship if ryan blaney doesn't win a race this year gets to the final four gets to phoenix and finishes second it's i mean people had issues with matt crafton we talked about it i think it was on this we we, we had the show when crafton won his uh third championship right i believe we did and we talked about it on the show uh, the fact that because that was 2020 right am i am i for, am i remembering or i'm misremembering i'm trying to i'm going into a i'm going into the weeds with the with the Matt Crafton reference, but then it's Menard. So, um, oh, it's 2019. So no, I, w- I was on talking in circles. Okay. So it was talking in circles when we talked about the fact that Matt Crafton was dog crap and he won the championship because he was the best finisher of the four, um, on that night. I can only, I can't wait because his Ryan Blaney smoking hot Hooters waitress girlfriend, if he wins that championship, that would be great. Honestly, um, I'm I'm all for the chaos. I want to see Chase Briscoe make the final four to just see people get mad because he cleaned out <laughs> he cleaned out Tyler Reddick at the dirt track and gave Kyle Busch his last win in a in a Gibbs car, or else he wouldn't have even made the playoffs. Um, he he cleaned he cleaned himself out and basically got Kyle Larson. Um, that yeah, the six hundred when he should have won the six hundred, and we wouldn't be in this place because he would have won two races at least. Um, Kyle Larson goes and gets eliminated. Tyler Reddick cleans out. It. I mean, there's there's so many things about it. The reality of the world is this: you're the defending series champion, Kyle Larson. You won ten races last year. This year, you're ordinary. And the weight, the pendulum swung again. Basically, what what we're seeing is Hendrick Motorsports put their emphasis on making sure Kyle Larson not only could come back and be on on theoretically stable ground after all the bullshit he did and giving him best cars and best of everything after Chase Elliott had won the championship. They went next level and showed the potential that Jimmy Johnson saw in that team with Cliff Daniels and was building towards. So if Jimmy Johnson had decided, oh, I want to stick around another year, Who's to say he wouldn't have won number eight? Just saying. Ten wins, Kyle Larson wins the championship. This year, he's been quite ordinary. Um, he kind Everybody of, has, kind of. Yeah, it's been, and that's true. Yeah, you're, it's a great point. This new car has really um, brought things more closer together. Clyde and Alan Gustafson seemingly have figured out some things with it, but in the round of 16, he was quite ordinary. He was 60 points behind Christopher Bell, after three races in 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 the regular in the original playoff format he had been fucked and that's what it should have been you got there you earned your regular season championship you shit the bed and you shit the bed in two out of three races or all three races whatever the fuck he did should have been over who cares good job clyde you did a good job in the regular season doesn't matter anymore that's what playoffs 
are supposed to be. It's not, oh, we reset, we reset, reset. I mean, there should be some semblance. I mean, it, that that's another discussion we'll get into probably next week in regards to how to really value regular season performance relative to what you do in the in the playoff when Chase Briscoe's in the final eight and you got the likes of Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this now. I'm just looking at it on Racing Reference. Kyle Larson has the fifth best average finish, even though he didn't have, uh, he made a lot of mistakes. He said it himself. He didn't do what he needed to do. Um, the four guys ahead of him are essentially the four most likely or four of the most likely guys to make the final four. Um, Ross Chastain's right behind him. I mean, when you're the defending series champion, you have to show, and you're a lead dog at Hendrick Motorsports, they're essentially running three cars now. I mean, you should have made the, they, they should have made the final eight. Um, William Byron might have screwed him over because of the bullshit rescinding of the points penalty. He probably wouldn't have been in this spot anyway. He probably would have made it. Uh, but they, one Hendrick guy gets in at the expense of the other in this sense. And so, whatever. Kyle Larson's fans can cry about it. He'll go and run a sprint car and win a bunch of races. So, whatever. I mean, we still have Homestead left. And he's been pretty good there too. So he's good at Vegas and he's good at Homestead. So the notion is, and it, it was funny about, I was thinking about this, about all these guys that are really good at Homestead and all these USAC guys. So, and all these um, sprint car guys. Tyler Reddick loves Homestead, has won t- two championships there. Ace. Tyler Larson loves Homestead. Chase Briscoe loves Homestead. He's won, he, he won his first and only, he won his first truck race at Homestead. And he won an Xfinity race, I think, or try. I mean, he he was tailback in one whole Xfinity race and came all the way back to like fifth or some shit. And he's been good there. You know, Christopher Bell's run well there in in the truck series and Xfinity series. So Homestead and Vegas this round. If you want to see some real the the round this previous round was definitely a lot of cluster fuck shit. This round here, because the Martinsville race is not going to be a race. We've everybody and their mother is already saying that that race is going to be a procession. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of passing, so qualifying is going to be insane. Um, track position is going to be at a premium. I mean, there's going to be people probably putting two tires on their car the whole day. They're not even going to be putting four tires on, trying to save track position because. It might become a fuel mileage race at that point because of how little they're past at, at Martinsville. Uh, so trying to get yourself in and lock yourself in if you're in the final eight through these next two weeks is huge um, so that you don't even have to care about Martinsville. Um, so we'll see about that. But Homestead's the race I'm looking forward to in terms of this round. Vegas is Vegas, but um, there is opportunities for sure. But like, Vegas is just meh. But uh, we will see what happens with that. Uh, points going into, so, I mean, I'll before I run, we never even got through. I never did the top five. That's my fault or top ten. Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, first good finish he's had in this playoff. A.J. Allmendinger, Justin Haley, so uh, Colleg Racing, which will be a good segue in a few moments, gets two top five finishes there. Christopher Busher, my, my wild card pick. Uh, finished sixth. Bubba Wallace finished seventh on a road course. 
after having issues early. Tyler Reddick, 8th. Chase Briscoe, 9th. Bald Spot, Dylan, 10th. Uh, that Jones boy, 11th. Corey LaJoy, 12th. And Corey LaJoy and Daniel Suarez were getting into it at the end of the race after Daniel Suarez lost his power steering. Um, kind of wish Max Verstappen would have lost his power steering. That would have been nice. It would have made it a little more interesting. Um, but, yeah, there's that. Um, Hamlin finished 13th. Byron 16th. Logano 18th. Chase Elliott, after getting cleaned out, finished 20th. Sindrick 21st. Um, Ty Gibbs ran over a couple people yesterday, but then it's Ty Gibbs and his butt buddy Noah Gagson driving the 48 car and likely driving the 48 car again this weekend, uh, finished 23rd, uh, Blaney 26th, and he wasn't happy at the end of the day, uh, Larson 35th with his issues, Daniel Suarez 36th with a car that probably was a winning race car, and um, Ross Chastain 37th with I think he had toe link problems as well, right? Um, I think he had a suspension issue, right? I, I might remember. I think that. so, too. There, yeah, and then, yeah, Joey Hand got run over uh, trying to go into the backstretch chicane, which you got to love Speedway Motorsports. It's not just the stupid billboards they have everywhere. Every corner they have is sponsored by some random sponsor. So the chicanes are sponsored. Like, Heartburn Turn actually was somewhat... There, it was apropos for turn one at the Roval. The Heartburn turn actually was a good sponsor. I think there was a sponsor by DeWalt this year, so I don't know what the fuck happened. Marcus Smith must have forgotten to re-up with Tums. But they had some bullshit sponsor for the, the backstretch again. I think it was Trilogy or Trilogy or some bullshit uh, medication or something which he probably needed meds to get through that, whether it was social lubric, whether it was a so, a self-medication or other medication, because that race sucked um, in terms of actual excitement. And then at the end of the race, it was manufactured excitement. And I say that from somebody who benefited from it. So we will move that on to that. So the Cup Series points heading to the Vegas uh, race this weekend. The reset Clyde is 20 points ahead of Joey Logano and 25 ahead of Ross Chastain, 28 ahead of Christopher Bell. Those are the four guys that right now are in the in the cutoff. And the battle between uh, from Ross Chastain to Chase Briscoe is only separated by 15 points. If you add um, Logano into it, second to eighth is only 20 points. So it is wide open, three drivers within three points, Christopher Bell, and then you have Will Byron and Blaney are minus three. So there is a lot of volatility that can happen uh, here in this next three races. Uh, the, the reality of the world is one driver at a minimum is going to make the final four on points. Uh, three guys could win. The, there could be a, a, chan a, a playoff winner each race, but one driver is going to make it on points. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially at they tested at Homestead with this car. So we'll see how the tires hold up. That's been an issue this year with these tires, but then it's bad year um, on a rougher, older surface. Vegas is a newer surface. They raced there earlier this year. This will be the second time going there. Um, probably want to you know, go back and check the results from earlier this year. Uh, Bowman won that race, I think, on a late race restart. There was nonsense that went on, and he ended up winning late. But 
the fact is there's a lot of volatility. Uh, going into the Xfinity series, the uh, drive for the Cure 250 at uh, Charlotte Roval saw A.J. Allmendinger win for the fourth consecutive year at this race. Uh, it was him and Ty Gibbs and Sheldon Creed essentially led the entire race. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger, Ty Gibbs, Noah Gagson started tailback, uh, finished third. James Davison ran over everybody because it's James Davison. Justin Allgaier, Alex LeBay, a top 10 finish, so credit to him. He was one of only two non-playoff drivers to finish in the top 10. Um, the 18 is in the playoffs, so that's why. Uh, Bruckshot Jones, Josh Berry, Ryan Sieg, Landon Castle. Uh, Sam Mayer finished 11th. Jeremy Clements, 14th. Daniel Hemrick, 17th. Timmy Hill, or Austin, not my fault because Timmy Hill is right ahead of Austin Hill, finished 29th. Riley Herbst had a chance for a good amount of the day, and then he became Riley Herbst and um, finished 32nd. Uh, Stefan Parsons, credit to him. Uh, he got run over late in that race. He deserved way better than that. He was running in the top 10 all day. Um, he looks like a guy that should be running full-time. And um, Brad Brad Perez, I've worn one of his shirt, the Brad Perez shirt, from his debut in the uh, ARCA series last year. And he ran this week, and him and his BFF, Ryan Vargas, finished uh, 23rd and 24th, respectively. So credit to those guys. Marco and we picked, uh, I mean, you picked uh, Marco, right? Last week. I have to go and check. Yeah. Yeah, I picked Marco channel. Andretti as a, a wild, wild card. card. And, and uh, I that did not up, work out. Yeah, and I picked Danny Kvyat as a wild card. And it sort of, it was sort of better. But in the end, he got into a bunch of RG bargy. He finished 15th, so... I guess that's a net victory there. Um, he was getting into it with a lot of people. It's a different car, so it's interesting. He had never driven that type of car before, um, coming from the next gen and going into the gen, um, the whatever you want to call the uh, COT Xfinity car. So that was interesting there, but it shows that that Sam Hunt racing team has a lot of speed. But A.J. Allmendinger goes out there, wins one stage, Wins the race. He's only 12 points behind Noah Gagson. He has um, solidified himself uh, with some good points. He's six points ahead of Ty Gibbs. He's 11 ahead of Justin Allgaier. And um, he's 22 ahead of, or 22, so 11, whatever. I have to go and see the driver points in. But AJ Allmendinger getting that win. It might be his last real opportunity to win a race. Uh, I think maybe Martinsville might be in there, but for AJ Allmendinger, knowing he's going back to the Cup Series, a big win in that spot for him and for College Racing. While Daniel Hemrick gets eliminated from the playoffs as defending series champion. Yeah, and interesting you bring that up with uh, Hemrick also getting eliminated. So both uh, defending series champions in the Cup and Xfinity both got eliminated on the same weekend. So interesting fact there um and then you, know, you talk about aj Allmendinger and that maybe this is his last real opportunity to win and certainly you know this is the best opportunity to win but there are still chances on 
the last couple of mile and a half coming up uh, in Xfinity. Of course, he's won at Las Vegas before in the past. Um, so there's still an opportunity there for him to win. Um, and yeah, Martinsville would be another good opportunity there. So um, still a little bit of there, you know, for him to try and get something, of course, though. Uh, Junior Motorsports has been killing it on the uh, mile and a half this year. So it is uh, it is a lot uh, tougher ask uh, for him to be able to do that. But, uh, you know, does he have, uh, you know, the opportunity to go for an Xfinity Series championship uh, as, you know, season closes out? Uh, you know, we'll have to see. But um, he has an opportunity right now. Um, it's just, um, you know, how much does he want it, especially knowing that he's going to be back in, in the Cup Series next year. Uh, so, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, this, uh, I mean, this one was a lot more like, a, you know, the NASCAR road course racing that we've gotten used to over the years. You know, a lot of, a lot of accidents, um, you know, throughout the race, a lot of, a lot of cautions. Um, definitely, you know, unlike the, the cup race where, you know, we only had, you know, two real cautions or not even, none of them were real, but um, none of them required actually stopping the race for an accident. Um, so, you know, that was... Um, definitely a, a factor there um you know ty gibbs i thought maybe he might have had a shot there at the end uh but just couldn't get quite you know quite close enough to aj uh to you know take you know take the lead there uh but he did lead laps up front and i did you know talk about him picking in the race that you know he could be one to watch and you know he's right there in second and led 24 laps uh so it was you know not that far off and you know, Ty Gibbs, uh, you know, for somebody that's very young, you know, surprising, you know, I mean, we, people give him a lot of crap for, you know, the things he's done and, you know, that's all, all true and everything. But, you know, one thing he has done really well is road course racing in his career. And, uh, to me, it's a little bit surprising just being, you know, how young he is, uh, and, you know, the level of experience that he's come from, you know, you wouldn't expect like a young guy, you know, racing Xfinity and, um, arca and everything to you know be really good uh at road courses coming out the gate but you know thus far he has and of course got his first career win in xfinity uh at daytona road course so you know there's that uh you know rest rest of the chase or playoffs field um you know justin algar you know expected him to do well and you know he did everything he needed to do and got a top five um gregson i mean i've felt like he was good or decent on road courses and you know he gets out with a third uh so good run there for him of course um didn't have to worry about it you know after uh already winning you know in, in previous races um you know he's already got seven wins so there's no real risk but you know uh seventh place and or third place on a road course um you know shows though you know how, how he's been able to approach this uh and um shows that you know he you know, is trying to, you know, trying to, you know, get top fives and, uh, secure the championship, uh, at the end, uh, you know, to put himself in that position, but, you know, um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, this race a lot more wilder and a lot more what we kind of expect from NASCAR, uh, at road courses. And at least, you know, if you're looking for action, I think, yeah, you definitely a lot more action out of this one than you did in the cup series. Yeah. A lot of carnage for sure, which is an Xfinity deal at road courses. But AJ Allmendinger wins. It doesn't really change who. It, it it doesn't really change much of what's going on. Oh, look at her. That's a great look. I like that hairdo. Um, but um, and she's got pumps on too. But um, 
then it's really those four that are in that playoff, and that really didn't change much. Uh, they all finished in the top five, so it kind of goes with the season. I mean, Daniel Hemrick missing the next round, not surprising. They haven't run that great. Um, Ryan Teague tried, but they just lack, it seems like they lack a half a second, a second on pace. And those cars, I was thinking this to myself with the way that SHR is with that loser Riley Herbst. If if Tony was smart, he'd go and kind of connect with the, the Sieg team or, um, you know, the SS Greenlight and try to go and get some extra cars into the fold that are fully funded or fully supported by Ford and try to get some decent drivers in there, try to get some extra data uh, to give themselves a chance because there really is no Fords in the series. So um, the Toyotas are essentially the three Gibbs cars and Sam Hunt racing. Um, so you need to have data somewhere. I don't know what they get from running the Xfinity program um, when Riley Herbst is your driver. I think, I mean, until these last, like this this round, uh, I've been against Johnny Klausmeyer, but this round has turned me around on him for Chase. Uh, out of sign for Boswell, who did the invocation actually during the Xfinity race, um, which surprised me. Um, but I probably shouldn't have if I dug into whatever his history. I guess he's you know big on the he's big Jesus freak, so whatever. God bless him. Um, Jesus couldn't save the fact that his driver sucks, though. Um, but the fact that um, he should be a cup crew chief right now, um, Stuart Haas would benefit from like a crew chief swap of sorts. Uh, I was also of the thinking that, you know, I know it's going back into the cup series, but it's like if SHR really wants to give themselves a chance to backdoor this miracle, kind of similar to the whole 2011 thing, they'd benefit from kind of getting the best of every crew and putting them all on the 14 car, putting Rodney Childers over on that side as well, helping um, both the four and the 14. That's what they have to do. Um, hopefully um, they can do that. But yeah, Herps gets eliminated. Sieg, Damrick, and uh, Clements, who had issues um, at the first race with the, I think it was whatever the hell the first race was, Kansas with a battery, and that basically ended him. Uh, he needed to win Talladega, couldn't do that, didn't have the pace, they didn't wreck enough cars, and then he ran good at for his team and whatever at the Roval, but it wasn't enough, he lost too many points. So that's the that's the way the cookie crumbles in regards to the Charlotte Roval. You know, I mentioned the points right now, um, Gagson has the lead, the cutoff is 11 points, uh, sees Josh Berry behind his teammate Justin Allgaier. Uh, it's 14 points or 15 points be- behind or between Allgaier and Austin Hill. Then Bruckshot Jones and Sam Mayer round out the um, back there. Um, the points, overall points, see Ryan Sieg right now ninth and Daniel Hemrick in 10th. So that'll be intriguing to see what that points battle looks like at the end of the year. I mean, I'm a Josh Berry fan, but I have a hard time believing he's going to make it in to the next round without a miracle. Um, Homestead would probably be that miracle. Um, Austin Hill's done well on super speedways, and uh, but that's essentially he's a one-trick pony right now. The other two guys aren't that good this year. 
but they're going to be teammates next year. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who makes it in. I think it's pretty certain who's going to make it in to the final four, but we will see. Uh, Okay. I was working on, I was trying to get ahead of stuff because I'm behind so many places. Uh, Get into formula one uh, Japanese grand prix. Um, and they have news of how did Verstappen win the title. The confusion explained. They made up rules as they went. Because when you don't run X amount of laps of the race, it should be uh, like half points or quarter points. But instead, Max Verstappen, uh, after a 29-lap or 28-lap race, uh, wins over his teammate Sergio Perez, who ended up getting second after a penalty on Charles Leclerc. Uh, Esteban Ocon four, fourth, Lewis Hamilton fifth, Sebastian Vettel in his last race at Suzuka finished sixth, Fernando Alonso seventh. It was a close battle to where uh, by what is it a hundredth of a second at the line. George Russell eighth, Nicholas Latifi go Tifi gets points in his final Formula One season, um, and Lando Norris rounds out the top ten. Carlos Sainz and Alex Albon uh, crashed on the first lap. Uh, Carlos Sainz had a huge wreck coming out of the hairpin just after the hairpin. Um, and then that was where all, all shit, all hell break, broke loose. Um, Alex Albon had a hydraulic issue and had to stop his car. Pierre Gasly almost got fucked um, by, a, by a tractor. And then that was essentially that. But in the end, Verstappen qualified on pole. Um, Leclerc had made a good start, but wasn't able to hold that. Um, when you look at what the lineup was, essentially the only thing that happened amongst the top, uh, Sebastian Vettel advanced up the field, and um, Carlos Sainz was eliminated. That was essentially the only thing that changed, because you look at the top 11 of the race, um, Sainz was not there. Perez got the second because of the penalty, but it would have been third. Ocon, everybody else was kind of in order. Vettel actually made up a couple of positions. So credit to Sebastian Vettel, um, credit to the Aston Martin team, but considering they're getting nailed with the cost cap breach as well, you got to wonder what they ended up doing. It was a procedural thing they said with paperwork, but, uh, Verstappen is a world champion, uh, He's a world champion again for a second time. Uh, so people that don't want to watch Formula One and people thought they hated it when Lewis Hamilton was winning F1, this is what you get when it's somebody else. And if you're a fan of fish lips, good good on you. It'll hopefully, hopefully it'll come back to them at some point middle of next year when they're not able to put parts on the car or something happens to them because they've, at some point that karma train has to hit those motherfuckers, but... Uh, we will see what happens with that. Red Bull wins. They're more than likely going to win the uh, Constructors' Championship at the U.S. Grand Prix in a couple of weeks' time, Josh. Um, if not there, it'll win it in Mexico. So, um, yeah, uh, that's, I guess, all I have uh, because I was zoning out during the red flag after all the stuff that happened on the first lap. Uh, I went to sleep and missed everything. And then the bull crap really started after that. Yeah, I fell asleep too during. I mean, I for I guess I I forgot that the race was even on 
to be honest, and this tells you how much, um, I mean, being honest here, it tells you how much, you know, we're paying attention really to Formula One with Verstappen dominating everything. There's not really a whole lot to look forward to. It doesn't matter if Lewis dominating or uh, Verstappen dominating. There's a lot to, um, you know, take in, but, or not, not a lot to take in, but, you know, I, I think I remember like trying to go to sleep and then I opened Twitter and then, you know, it's people are talking about, uh, uh, Sergio or not Sergio, but talking about Carlos signs and it's like, well, what happened? And then he, uh, had a pretty bad incident there and then, you know, went to sleep and I woke up and Verstappen was champion. So, <laughs> you know, that's, um, that's how it goes sometimes, but. Uh, I mean, they only ran 28 laps and obviously bad weather throughout the entire weekend here in, in uh, Suzuka in Japan. And once you finish for Red Bull to win the championship, then he had more than likely going to win the uh, Constructors' Championship here very soon. And now they basically just get to have their uh, coronation or whatever you want to call it, their victory tour for the rest of the season. And we'll see, you know, we'll see what they do uh, after you know, clinching the championship and I'm sure, you know, once they clinch constructors, I mean, there's, I mean, do they still decide to go and, and win or do they just decide to, you know, really like throw things out the window and experiment or just not try or whatever. Um, and maybe somebody else can win. I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, they should go and let yeah. Sergio Perez win to prove that it isn't just made for Max or stopping and let him lock up second in the driver's championship, but oh, yeah, they that- won't. That's because, true. I mean, I'm talking about more Verstappen at, at more or yeah, less. I hear um, you on that. Yeah. I think um, he's not going to lose the rest of the year, but I've been no, saying that for a while anyway. No. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, interesting driving tactic on, the on I guess, the final lap of the race with Leclerc and Charles, you know, Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez. Um, you know, Leclerc overdrove you know the final chicane there and that allowed Sergio Perez to close in on him and pass him uh for a second to get the the one two but uh yeah I mean Leclerc uh that was a little bit disappointing to see that type of driving technique from him you know um thought maybe he would be able to hold him off there but of course he didn't and you know loses uh second place but um just thought you know personally just thought Leclerc had a little bit better technique in him than that but um, you know, he overdrives the part of the final chicane there. Um, I mean, the rest, the rest of the field, I mean, um, shockingly, you know, Latifi gets points, you know, he's one guy, I think we never know if he'd ever get points ever. And he gets a couple of points here. Um, George Russell, uh, finished lower than his teammate for once, uh, Lewis getting a top five and George getting an eighth. So, um, you know, that's that was interesting. Uh, Fernando Alonso seventh place, uh, and I think he had the fastest car in practice at one point. So, I mean, hey, uh, at least they still have speed. He still has pace. Uh, you know, we'll see if that transfers over to Aston Martin next year, and um, you know, how much ever longer he last lasts in Formula One. Um, you know, Pierre Gasly, of course, that incident, which. You know, we talked about safety all year and this, you know, and NASCAR and um, another example of safety uh, being an issue, you know, and being in the heavy downpour with Gasly, you know, trying to go around the track and um, I guess not being aware or not being made aware of the, uh, you know, safety truck next to the track and which is always pretty dangerous, especially in conditions that they're in. And, you know, anything can go wrong and slam into, um, 
you know, slam into the safety truck there and cause a, you know, bigger incident that, you know, completely unnecessary could happen. Um, almost like an ARCA race from the 1980s where things like that could have happened or, you know, anything like that. But, um, yeah, and, and of course, you know, uh, ended up finishing the last car, uh, to finish the race, uh, there. So, um, not the way he wanted to have his weekend, especially you know, after they made the announcement that he'd be going to Alpine next year. So, um, you know, uh, not the way he wanted to have that race, but nonetheless, that's how it happened. Um, but yeah, not, not really too much to, you know, take away, you know, just heavy rain for this racetrack and, um, you know, almost, you know, almost like a, a throwback in a way with the heavy rain to some, you know, older you know days in formula one where things like this were you know safety and things were a lot more of a question you know in the 70s and stuff but you know at the same time um not not the racing we'd like to see in, in formula one but you know now we're stopping his champion so uh don't have to you know really talk about that anymore since he's the champion now so um you know i guess now from here on out it's a victory tour and i guess Verstappen has a chance to continue to add to his win total that he already has uh, so far this year. He has, and there was an interesting thing I saw on Twitter earlier where he is right now tied with his butt buddy, Fred Alonso, 32 Formula One wins and two world championships. Now, Fred Alonso actually earned his world championships. As much as he's an asshole, um, he beat Michael Schumacher um, both of those years for those world championships. He earned them, and then... Um, started setting fire to his career, uh, doing a Kanye West or uh, Antonio Brown to his career, even though he's still talented and he's still been able to be employed, unlike both of those dipshits, racist, freaking imbecilic, garbage, garbage dumpsters of, of life that they are. Um, like Brett Favre, lad him in because he's white trash, um, just to go and balance it out a little bit. Um but yeah, Verstappen winning in a questionable way, um, coming up with a, a points format where he somehow or another gets full points, even though they only ran 28 laps of a race that was supposed to go, I think, 70-something or whatever the fuck it is. Um, only in Formula One in today's age with an American company running it, uh, Verstappen goes and wins, gets a championship. He was going to win the championship anyway, so it's now... <sighs> Now the real battle is for second in the uh, drivers' championship. It's only a point between Checo and Leclerc. Uh, fourth in the drivers' championship is really close between George Russell and Carlos Sainz. Uh, Russell didn't get much points, but he's five points ahead of Carlos Sainz right now. Hasn't won a race this year. Um, the top three have Sainz has uh, Lewis, of course, hasn't. So. Um, only four drivers have won this year. Uh, they're talking about it last week where some of the calls by the FIA with the red flags and whatever have prevented opportunities for smaller teams to win. Might have also prevented Mercedes, even though their car's a piece of shit. Um, Lewis getting a fifth place finish on on Sunday was, was pretty strong. Uh, that's kind of where he's been most of the year. Um, We'll see what happens. He loves Austin. It's one of his best racetracks. Uh, can he pull one out of his ass? Can Mercedes put something on the table? Um, they're actually following the cost cap, unlike Red Bull. Um, so we'll see what they can do there. Uh, when it comes to the cost cap breach, I don't think anything of great significance is going to happen. 
if they really want to go and do something to Red Bull, they should take away, uh, they, they should disqualify him from constructors for both this year and last year, and then also take away wind tunnel time and take away um, their cost, take away part of their cap for next year. Cause I think they keep on reducing it over time. That would be um, the way to go and really put some teeth into any type of um, any type of breach. I mean, a la NASCAR, NASCAR doesn't throw the book at big teams. They throw the book at small teams. So my feeling is they're going to throw the book. They find Williams for a small breach or whatever, like a paperwork issue. I think they're going to throw a bigger penalty at Aston Martin than they are at Red Bull because Red Bull is in the back pockets of FIA the same way as Ferrari is. So uh, that's kind of what's going to happen there and won't surprise me one way or the other. That's why Formula One now has credibility issues the same way as NASCAR does. But we'll see what happens with that. We will preview the U.S. Grand Prix next week on the GSP. Um yeah, I mean, the points, I talked about the points, the constructors right now, um, Red Bull is, what is it, 46, 146, 165. They're 165 points ahead of Ferrari in constructors. Uh, Ferrari right now is 67 points ahead of Mercedes in second. So essentially the top three are set. Um, Alpine is 13 points out of McLaren for fourth. Um, Alfa Romeo is seven points out of Aston Martin. Haas and Alfa Tori are tied for eighth. And uh, Williams actually might get double, might, there might be a chance they get to double digits in points, but they're going to finish last um, in the uh, constructors for sure. Um, Haas and Alfa Tori, with like a miracle performance, could get themselves um, in the mix for sixth or seventh but it would be asking a lot especially considering Pierre Gasly's leaving the team um Haas with Mick Schumacher Gunther Steiner's basically um told him to go fuck himself so that means neither team has two drivers in that sense and Yuki Snowda crashes every other week um Aston Martin even though Lance Stroll is one of their drivers um Sebastian Vettel seems a little more motivated uh to finish out his formula career with uh, a bang and Alfa Romeo hasn't been bringing as many um, upgrades. So something we will see for sure. Uh, Bathurst 1000, we'll get into the uh, GSP roundup now. Uh, Bathurst 1000, the great race, uh, big deal. There was a lot of rain this weekend, but the race itself Race day was generally dry, though the grass was saturated and caused a lot of issues, a lot of issues early in the day. Um, but Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander, Garth Tanda, uh, gets the victory. It's, I think, two consecutive wins for Shane Van Gisbergen, two out of the last three years where Shane Van Gisbergen has won this race. Defending race winner, Chaz Mostert with former DJR, Driver Fabian Coulthard, so that is an elite combo. Uh, finishes like just a, a little over a second behind uh, in second, and Cam Waters, James Moffat 
finished third after starting on pole in the Monster Energy Ford. Uh, Brody Kostecki ran over um, James Moffitt early in the race and uh, didn't get penalized. Uh, they end up finishing fourth. And uh, Brock Feeney, Jamie Winge Cup finishes fifth. So big day for his Triple Eight organization, getting two cars or three cars in the top ten, two in the top five. The legend Craig Lowndes with uh, young Declan Frazier finishes eighth. So three Triple Eight cars finish in the top eight, two in the top five. Um, was it Anton Di Pasquale, Tony D'Alberto for DJR? Finishes seventh. Um, Bryce Fullwood, Dean Fiore for um, Walking Shaw and Dreddy United uh, finishes ninth. I have to go and get into yeah you know, the teams. I'm curious as to who or no that. So uh, he's actually driving for oh he's driving for Brad Jones now. Interesting. Matt Call Tex Young Stars fifty five Tickford. Oh so they separated. Their team, so premium. Wow, I'm learning things as I go. Uh, so the Walk and Shaw, so the two and the twenty-five. So the Walk and Shaw Andretti United team. I thought um, Bryce Fullwood was part of the Walk and Shaw Andretti United team. That's my mistake. The two and the twenty-five. So the two car, um, which is Nick Percat and Warren Luff. Um, they had issues going up the mountain straight and. Uh, wheel hopped and crashed there so there goes that will brown jack perkins and the other uh, erebus uh boost mobile car finished 10th the boost mobile uh 51 with uh greg murphy four-time winner of the great race and richie stanaway finished 11th so credit to them it was a interesting race there was a huge wreck early in the in the deal which saw zane goddard do a terrible re-entry and uh, take out the Heimgartner Dale Wood car, David Reynolds, Matt Campbell uh, car, and then uh, I think also the Jack Smith, Jackson Evans, um, or Thomas Randall, Zach Best in the number 55 Castro Mustang got eliminated on a first lap first uh, just after the first turn incident going up the mountain straight. Um, the Davison brothers in the 17 car running up front uh, ended up parking late, but they had issues, multiple issues. Uh, they got robbed out of what could have been a much better finish there. And so there is that. In terms of the championship standings, Shane Van Gisbergen has essentially locked up the title. Uh, it's going to take uh, essentially a miracle. There's only two races to go. Uh, he is 500, what is it, 550 points, 570, 60, like 560 points ahead. And I think 600 is the most you can get, or 300 in each race. So 600 is the absolute maximum you can get um, the next two uh, weekends. Uh, the fact that Shane Van Gisbergen, after 19 race victories, this year would go and lose the championship would be something. Anton Di Pasquale had a rough weekend. Um, Cam Waters is in second. Anton Di Pasquale's third. Uh, it's a close battle between him and Chaz Mostert. It's only 25 points. Will Davison is in fifth. So we will see what happens. We will preview the Gold Coast 500 at uh, Surfer's Paradise in a few weeks' time. 
the World Superbikes at Portugal. Uh, we will uh, get into that next. That uh, saw to- Toprak Raskat Lioku uh, go and get uh, victories in the first two races uh, of the of the weekend, uh, but Alvaro Batista sneaks the victory over Toprak in race two. Johnny Ray finishes third. Gerloff finished ninth in uh, that race two. Gerloff finished tenth in race one. Super pole race. Uh, struggled, had issues. Jake Gagne made his uh, world superbike. Uh, yeah, Gerloff fell out of the race. There you go. So uh, Jake Gagne made his world superbike debut this weekend. The Moto America champion, two years running, uh, finished 16th in the Super Bowl race. Nineteenth uh, in race one and in race two, Gagne scored a point. So credit to him scoring a point on debut. Might be where he'll be next year, which would be something. Um, add another American on the grid, uh, but we will see what happens with that. Batista is uh, fifty-six points ahead of Toprak. Toprak Raskat Lioku. Uh, Johnny Ray is what is it 34 trying to do this math off the top of my head it's not great um 82 points ahead of uh, Bautista's out of 82 over Johnny Ray that's really the battle um here with what three rounds left so nine total races within those three rounds Michael Rubin Rinaldi has a good, decent lead, 36-point lead on Andrea Locatelli. Uh, Locatelli, Lowe's, Bassini are all, or Bassani are all close together, nine points there. Gerloff, decent weekend, uh, but still 10 points behind Javi Vieje for 10th in the championship. He's three points out of his future teammate, Loris Baz, uh, on the BMW there, but... Um, Gerloff is the, um, I think, the third Yamaha rider, best Yamaha rider, because um, yeah, Locatelli's the you know, second rider. So yeah, so he's the he's the third best Yamaha guy. Roberto Tamburini, whoever the fuck he is, uh, he's fifteenth in the championship. Uh, trying to go through here, Jake Gagne after scoring a point. Is 29th. He's ahead of or nine riders in the championship. So we will see um, if he's going to run these next three rounds. They'll be at Portugal uh, a couple weeks time, and I'm um, not sure what that is. A flag that is um, for that race. Um, man, so that'll be Indonesia, um, and then Phillip Island back to back to end the season. We will get into that for. Uh, World Superbikes here as we go along. Uh, BTCC uh, runs their season finale at Brands Hatch uh, GP Circuit. Tom Ingram qualifies on pole over Rory Butcher and Ash Sutton, the defending champion. In race one, Tom Ingram gets the victory uh, over Butcher and Rory Butcher and Jake Hill. Ash Sutton fourth to Colin Turkington fifth. Tom Ingram wins race two over Jake Hill, Colling, Turkington, Rory Butcher, Ash Sutton. And in race three, um, Daniel Lloyd uh, wins in a Hyundai 
Josh Cook in the independent Honda Civic. Second, Roy Butcher, third, Ash Sutton, fourth, Tom Ingram, fifth. Tom Ingram becomes a British Touring Car champion for the first time by 12 points over Ash Sutton, 13 over Jake Hill. Colin Turkington falls uh, short of another, would have been a, a historic, I think he would have been a three-time, or he's a four-time uh, champion, so he's tied with... Um, I was looking at Aiden Millward's videos uh, earlier. Um, I'm forgetting uh, Andy Rouse. He's tied with Andy Rouse for all-time British Touring Guard Championships at four. So it would be huge if he could go and break that record. He'd be in that you know that range, of kind of the Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt kind of deal if he can go and win five championships. Uh, all-time record finishes, uh, what is it? 44, 46 points out of the championship. Roy Butcher finishes fifth. Josh Cook, sixth. Multiple champion Gordon Shedden uh, finishes seventh in the championship. Uh, retirement of Jason Plato is one more races than anybody in the history of the BTCC, so credit to him, one of the big characters in the history of the British Touring Car Championship. Kind of is funny how Aiden Miller talks about it, and he says he's one of the last guys that was from the heyday. And I remember Jason Plato from when he drove for the Renault Williams, the Williams Renault team, when he first came into British Touring Car Championship, and then when they showed the races on speed and his battle with Yvonne Muller and how much he hated him, and um, it was crazy. And uh, he was a character. He's kind of like, he was a Paul Tracy of the British Touring Car Championship, except he was a little more successful. I'm probably sure he's a, he's a Tory, um, and he probably found uh, that idiot stick douchebag they had as their prim- prime minister um, to be good. But that's beside the point. Credit to him on his career from where it came from and what he ended up doing with it. Um, in regards to, I wanted to mention this W series, they make an announcement that they're not going to run the rest of the series due to, due to funding issues, which sees Jamie Chadwick become a three time, uh, champion of the series. Uh, it's a unfortunate end to, uh, there's, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. I have a hard time believing the W series will survive when they're not able to run the last three races, uh, they're they're stating that uh, they were gonna. They had three races to go, but they weren't gonna go and make it. Um, Eleven wins, ten poles, eighteen podiums across three seasons, um, and she's only gotten like a couple of F three tests or whatever, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, it's something. When it comes to women in motorsports, it's been harder for women in most series to kind of get a chance, especially in circuit racing and NHRA. They've done pretty well. Uh, I think you can look at other types of motorsports like like motorcycle racing, maybe, and um, off-road racing where they've been a little bit better off, but rallying maybe, uh, Michelle Mouton being a great example of that but um sports cars uh they're they're a little more uh there's a lot more options there but in open wheel racing circuit racing 
like IndyCar, Formula One, the, the those kind of cars, and NASCAR. You know, women drivers have definitely not had the opportunities. Uh, maybe Jamie Chadwick will get that shot. Uh, Kelsey gets another touchdown conveniently. Lovely. And he has Kelsey. Is that your does? Yeah, does Joe, Joe has Kelsey. So, damn it, man. Derek Carr. Right. Got, <laughs> he threw a pick. Did Derek Carr throw a pick? No, he didn't throw a pick. But, well, Darren Waller is out of the game. And Derek Carr is, you know, struggling. Throwing medicine balls like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm there's done. a flag on the play here. So, hold on a minute. So, yeah, so my W Series thing, I feel bad for the rest of those ladies that were relying on this series with the possibility of getting an opportunity later on. Uh, it's a shame, honestly, uh, to see that, but the cars weren't that good. It didn't seem like there was a great commitment in a lot of ways, so who knows? We'll see what happens with a lot of those ladies, I think. Uh, they should go touring cars or uh, sports cars, uh, the options to get to Formula One. I mean, when you look at Tatiana Calderon, she has all that Colombian money and she sucks. She's not going to go anywhere. I mean, AJ Foyt's already essentially got two ride buyers to drive for him next year. Um, they're waiting on the third car. We'll see what happens with that um, because they're going to keep... What's his name? Uh, forgetting his name, the the guy who drives a four car and sucks um, in the Indy cars, and then but he's good on Twitter. And then Root Beer Floathead got Dalton announced Kellett. as the driver. Yeah, Dalton Kellett, and then Root Beer Floathead is uh, thank you. And then Dalton um, Root Beer Floathead is going to be the driver of the fourteen car. So Paul Tracy's going to be whacking off at a, at every race when he sees that fourteen car. Um, because that's his butt buddy. Um, yeah. So, I mean, AJ Foyt, if instead of Tony Stewart announcing an NFT, if he had actually bought AJ Foyt racing, that would have been a real announcement. And then maybe we wouldn't have had root beer float head in the 14 car. There might've been, I don't know, Lena Slunquist perhaps, or somebody has talent, you know, that would have been a novel concept. Um, GP will be racing at Phillip Island for the first time in a few years. Two point rate, a two point battle between Fabio Quattararo, the defending world champion, and Pecco Bagnaia, who's been on a, a great run uh, since. Got, I'm trying to see. Yeah, since uh, the first Spanish round uh, of the year. As long as he has finished a race. He has finished no worse than third, and he has won six times. Um, six wins, one second, and a third. And uh, at that same time, Pecco Bagnai, or I mean, Fabio Quattararo uh, has one, two, three seconds, two wins, a uh, fourth, and a fifth. Two DNFs across Bagnaia's four, but... That's the battle. Ali Shaspargaro is still in this battle. Only one non-point score the whole year. Uh, 20 points out. Anea Bastaini is 29 points out. And uh, Jack Miller's 30 out. So with three rounds to go, Jack Miller going home for the first time uh, on a Ducati factory ride is one time he'll be on it before he goes to KTM. 
coming off of a win in a second the last two races. So he has a backdoor chance at the World Championship. Binder and Zarco, 6th and 7th. Oliveira, Jorge Martin, Maverick Vinales round out the top 10. Interesting how that whole thing will work out. Ducati is going to win teams. Ducati is going to win constructors. So not as much intrigue there. In Moto2, the standings going into this weekend's race, Augusto Fernandez is only up by a point on Ayagura. And uh, Aaron Kinnett is 50 points back in third. Um, that's really the championship there. Celestino Vietti and Tony Arbolino, fourth and fifth. They're separated by five points. Joe Roberts is tied with Jake Dixon for sixth. Uh, they're only two points out of Pedro Acosta. Shantra uh, and Alonzo Lopez round out the top ten. Cameron Bobier is coming back to America Next year, what he's going to be doing or what he's going to be riding is to be determined. Uh, I kind of figure he's going to go back on a Yamaha because Jake Gagne isn't going to be here. Um, or he could go to Ducati because um, the Warhorse, Warhorse Ducati team is probably needs a replacement to be determined. He's 15th uh, in the championship. Sean Dillon Kelly uh, scored in the last round. He's 26th. Uh, so if he can go and score what is it three more points he can gain three spots if he can gain seven points he could gain four spots so that would be huge for him in his rookie year something to be seen they'll be running this weekend at australia and then they'll be running in uh malaysia next week and we'll talk about that on the gsp for episode 139. So Josh, uh, I've been talking for a while. I'll give you the opening to talk about your fantasy football, but also your actual team. I know you have some feels going on with Trevor Lawrence, the consensus number one overall pick. Can't miss. You have a new coach in Doug Peterson, an offense that almost made Carson Wentz an MVP who um, Ron Rivera basically ran over with a bus earlier today on the press conference. Alex Smith got really mad about that, amongst other people. But Trevor Lawrence looks pretty ordinary in the red zone as Derek Carr gets sacked again. Um, in uh, tight situations, you've mentioned it on social media. You've also mentioned it on here. Uh, but your team is in the mix. I mean, that division is still in play. Uh but things have to turn around for your guy. Um, your franchise quarterback has to play like the guy that was at Clemson and not whatever the hell he's become now if they're going to win this division this year because your defense is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. I mean, first, the fantasy. Um, damn, uh, this is going to be a close one, but, I mean, made a mistake cutting Tyler Higby and keeping, um, what's-his-face, keeping... Uh, uh Darren Waller that has turned out to be a big mistake there uh but whatever we'll roll through it gonna have to probably stream the tight ends you know for the rest of the season and work work the uh waiver wire based on the matchup that's probably the strategy here uh here for the rest of the way uh and maybe you need to trade for a quarterback I don't know we'll see but um got two available yeah yeah Three yeah. available, depending. Trades or Q 
QBs on on the waiver wire. No, I'm yeah. saying I have to. Yeah, I have people available. We can go and sound out a trade right now, depending on. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I have to. I have to consult some uh, other people here, uh, out outside influence, uh, to make sure I'm making the right move. Yeah, um, that too. So that's part of why we're all so competitive in this league. It it it's how these trades seem to happen in fall brawl. So completely yeah. understand. Yeah, and I mean, I I might have to I might have to call my brother and ask for some you know legal advice here. Uh, not not real not real legal advice, but fantasy advice. Because uh, he seem I feel like he has a better sense of uh, trade value than I do. But um, we need to meet this brother. I didn't. Yeah. How, yeah, he's how the, no, he he's he I don't know. He he's uh I, I ask him for advice every now and then on starting and he's like, Yeah, you need to do this, this and this. I mean he's in he's in college right now, so he has time oh, to So he's a younger this. oh so he's a yeah. younger kid. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's just yeah. drinking he's drinking bad beer and he's going to where so we're uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he's he's getting diseases, whatever. Um God bless him. Um <laughs> Uh, he's a good kid, probably yeah. raised well, just like you are, and your parents did a great job. But he's tying one on, so God bless him. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, he, um, he, he, I, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. But um, no, he, um, has good, good sense of it. But so maybe I might have to ask about possible trades, or I'll, I'll just look at it myself and look at the data here and see. You know, use my engineering brain to figure it out. So um, it's all about the data. Yeah, it's all about the data. That's right, but. So there's that, and I'm currently losing. But you know, uh, it's fourth quarter. Maybe Derek Carr can come up with a touchdown or two and bring it back in. But uh, uh, can't can't afford any more touchdowns from Travis Kelsey tonight. That's that's for sure. Um, second twenty one for the Raiders right now. You're probably ahead. But anyways, um, now Trevor Lawrence. I mean, like I said, uh, any. I mean, they've had opportunities to go win the game where they needed a touchdown. Or you know to tie the game, they've had six opportunities now, and he's not come up in any of them. Um, he's not you know not been able to drive down the field and score a touchdown to you know either win or tie the game. And you know you can excuse the rookie or maybe just because like oh inexperienced Urban Meyer coaching and uh, stuff like that. But um, you're looking for that improvement in the second year, and it just hasn't happened yet. And um, you know. People talk about, yeah, he's got the tools and everything. And I mean, I don't know what they mean by generational now, because I mean, if this guy is generational, what the hell does that make Deshaun Watson, excluding the, uh, you know, crying baby yoga pose uh, for a massage thing, you know, because uh, Deshaun Watson was lighting it up. I mean, well, maybe not exactly, but, you know, he he had a lot more highlights in his uh, rookie year, first, you know, seven games before he tore his ACL than uh, whatever. Oh, my. Wow. That was a almost a big touchdown there from Carr, but whatever, um, you know, Deshaun Watson is, you know, cause they, I'm saying him cause he came out of Clemson also and this almost the same system with Dabo Sweeney. Right. But, um, lights it up his first year and had way more highlights than Trevor Lawrence ever did in his first year. And yeah, different teams, you know, different stages and everything. He had D hop and Trevor Lawrence had urban Meyer and all the mess and that everything. But the point is, is, you know, what you're able to do with uh, what you have. And I mean, he did a lot, but you know, he's still leaving a lot to be desired. So, um, um, had trouble reading cover two, uh, defense and, you know, had, had issues diagnosing that and 
throwing into the wrong areas of cover two and versus, you know, taking, taking the 27 yard pass when all you need is a, um, you know, a five yard check down and stuff. And then, uh, on top of this, you know, you have Doug Peterson, um, you know, pass heavy, uh, philosophy, uh, and, you know, failing to really understand the situation of the game. You know, you have a tie game and they go away from the run when you still have the opportunity to control the game. And um, now the Jaguars have had trouble rushing up the middle. I've noticed this. They seem to not do as well. I mean, James Robinson has good vision, but they seem to not do as well running up the middle as they did in the past. And it's probably because they have a rookie center and a left guard that uh, is well undersized. So they just dislocated his knee this week. So um, maybe, maybe they'll get a different guy in there, but uh, and you know, they have a right guard that is an all-star and right tackle, left tackle, decent or solid at least, but, um, they got away from running the ball again this week when Travis Etienne had some pretty good runs in the first half and didn't really touch the ball that much in the second half. And yeah, I mean, the splits were, uh, you know, the splits were even up until maybe the fourth quarter as far as pass versus run call, but it just feels like, I don't know, watching the game, like in the situation, you know, where they called for runs versus pass. Um, they probably could have ran it rather than pass, or they called the wrong type of run play. Fourth and one, they're in shotgun and call a read option and you know hand off to James Robinson, and Robinson gets stuffed. And by the way, Trevor Lawrence had a, had an opportunity to pull it back and take take the ball and run for a first down uh, on there. And then you know second and one where he threw the pick. Uh, had an opportunity to just, you know, just all he had to do is lunge for the first down and just take the first down and move on and, you know, went and threw the pick. Um, so those are, you know, situational football awareness, you know, that's what has lacking for Trevor Lawrence so far. Um, and, you know, just needing, you know, needing to just take, take the better setup to set you up for the next down. That's, that's what it's all about. So, um, that's kind of then the point that I've been trying to make. And, you know, I guess people finally caught on to it because I had like a tweet that had like 95 likes. That's probably the most likes I've ever had on a Twitter. I'm not really much for tweeting. I just kind of read passively and, and agree or, you know, um, like whatever, read through whatever people saying. But, you know, I had been trying to drive home this point because I feel like it's an important point. And people, you know, not only me, but other people in beginning to, you know, pick up on this. So we'll see, you know, uh, they go to Indianapolis who, you know, a month ago, uh, or well, almost a month ago, were you know they beat the uh, the shit out of them, and now uh, they go to Indianapolis like potentially the season being on the line because um, uh, they'll fall to a two and four record and uh, it'll get harder to make the playoffs after that and to potentially win the division or make it into the playoffs as a wild card or something like that. So um, you know they they dominated the Colts at home and you know now they're on the road. And, um, you know, we'll see if it changes inside the Indianapolis stadium or not, but you got that. And, um, you know, the defense has been playing lights out. They played statistically well enough to win the game. Um, even if, you know, they may have missed, you know, some tackles, uh, running the ball, but that, you know, tends to happen as the game gets tighter and, you know, um, offense continuing to fail you and you got to continue to try to make something happen on defense and, you know, you're, um, getting, closer and closer to the end of the game, you start to make mistakes or um, get tired and stuff. And the game doesn't favor you as much. You're not in as, you know, you don't have as much leverage. So, you know, this is, um, this is how it is, but you know, Trevor 
I mean, Trevor's still got to figure it out and, you know, starting just starting to doubt him, I guess, but we'll see, um, you know, some film people on Twitter talking about it today. And, and I think, yeah, Nate Tice, he's a good film guy, but, uh, you know, pointed out some good plays where, uh, he was able to diagnose cover two correctly, but, you know, still just about the situational awareness and stuff. And, you know, uh, another point here, you know, Blake Bortles retired last week. Uh, shout out to the, the boat. You know, um, I feel like Blake Bortles in certain situations probably like would have done better than Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I feel like he probably made some plays in his rookie year and his career that Trevor, who's, you know, undoubtedly a better prospect than Bortles ever was. And, you know, hasn't you know sh never never really showed to be but um there are plays that Bortles I feel like probably made during his you know four or five years here in Jacksonville than Trevor Lawrence has so far uh so you know we'll see and you know I mean I feel like you know Blake was a more likable guy than Trevor Lawrence also I mean Trevor you know boring guy not really a whole lot of personality I feel like and you know I mean uh it's so is William yeah. Byron a quarterback? Is that what you're saying? It might be. Maybe the Chase Elliott. Implied out, yeah. Hey, I would say the Chase Elliott because Chase, you know, he's good. I mean, I, you know, Chase, Chase is, or at least we'll, we'll just assume for now, kind of good or good. Chase, you know, very, you know, very humble, very, uh, um, you know, business personality, not a whole lot of, um, goofball or you know not he's definitely not like uh ryan blaney or anything like that or um anybody else um like that so you know i think ryan blaney's probably the goofball or whatever of the cup series and um you know i feel like you know blake bortles definitely had a lot a lot of one-liners and um you know you you wanted to root for him because he was uh you know had that legend personality and you know garter mission also had that pert type of personality also um even even more of a legend than in some ways than Blake Bortles, but you know Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I'm not not saying he needs to you know go out and buy everybody around and you know be that guy like Bortles or Minshew was, but you know got to go out there and make plays, and that's all you know that's what matters in the end. And um, you know in key situations so far this season um, hasn't been able to pull through all the time. You know it's great great that they uh, you know blew out the Colts, blew out the Chargers. Uh, and they were able to do it in convincing fashion. But then when the game's on the line, like it was in Washington, like it was in uh, Philadelphia, and like it was in this game, got to got to pull through. And you know, it's easy. You know, it's easy to win when you know you're up like this. It's easy to play. But when you have the leverage, but we don't have the leverage. That's you know what we find out what kind of player you really are. And and so you know the losing moments matter more to me because you know uh, you have an opportunity to go out and. Um, potentially win the game and haven't haven't been able to quite do that yet so you know that's what i'm concerned about right now and you know we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks you know if um they uh you know improve if he improve his play and you know moving forward so we'll see but you know the jaguars they go to the colts and then they go to the giants uh just some um, some work people uh you know, I have a lot of people in my work are New York fans. Whenever a New York team goes to Florida to play, they go, they go to, uh, you know, that particular stadium to go watch that New York team. And, you know, the Giants coming to New York or coming to Jacksonville in two weeks from now. Uh, not sure yet if I'm going to go to that. I mean, it would be nice to go shit talk in front of a bunch of New Yorkers on the Giants. 
Uh, but at the same time, I feel less confident about team. doing that than <laughs> I did two weeks ago. After they go to they go to London and uh, beat AA Ron uh, with what's his name Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones hobbling and, well, I mean, around. Saquon. Saquon was the one that won that game. I think I'm uh, not sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one that won. He made one cut, and I was saying it to another Giants fan yesterday. He made there was the one highlight where he made one cut, and it's there's maybe one other running back that can make that cut in this league um, when they're healthy. I think it's CMC. Other than that, there's nobody at the running back position that can make that cut. Yeah, um, yeah and that's fair and everything. Um, but you know, my point is saying that is I'm, you know, I'm a little bit less confident than I was about shit talking, you know, than I was two weeks ago, yeah. two weeks ago, you know, like, all right, you know, we're fucking, you know, going to be on top of the world here. And now we're at this and I'm like, uh, I don't know yet. So have that opportunity. And then also that opportunity to go to Homestead. Well, shit talk people from work or go to Homestead and watch, you know, some people to run the top. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, you should go to Homestead because yeah. I, I think Homestead. that's going to be that's going to be. A, I really feel like they tested there. They, I mean, there's probably going to be tire failures, so it'll make it a little interesting. There'll be more cautions, but I think that's going to be a really good race. I, I have, for whatever reason, I I don't usually look forward to cookie cutter races, but I love Homestead. I, I love I Homestead know. too. It's just the top. I, yeah, it must be because. It must be because Tony's done so well there. He won three times there and back. He won that championship in 11. It, it Dario Franchitti won two IndyCar titles there. Uh, I don't know. I just have a good vibe with Homestead. Uh, that's it's the perfect. It's essentially what Atlanta should have been. It's what Atlanta used to be. Um, so take that for what it is, except you have progressive banking. Um, Atlanta was that before, and it was a great racetrack for many years, and you had to really make it through there. But Homestead's a tough racetrack, and now it's a, it's a three-groove racetrack. But the high lines is one that works, and the guys that can really run up there think shifting's going to play a role. But we'll get in that We'll get in sure. that next week. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, well, I mean, for me, real quick, like, you know, the uh, homestead, you know, Dale Jr. had a couple of good runs at towards the end of or, you know, mid to end of his career at Homestead and you know, one of one of the first people I feel like I saw that really figured out how to run the top. Um and, you know, had a couple of opportunities where he had a good car uh, in his career and at Homestead never never won there, but you know, and he was one of the first guys I feel like I remember seeing that figured out how to run the top there. And that's that's what I like about Homestead. You can really run right up next to the wall. And, you know, Larson has figured out how to really run up like that. And, um, you know, I'm very curious to see how is the top going to handle um, with this new car, if it's going to go back to what it was pre the 2019 era in NASCAR, um, you know, before they had the big spoiler and everything. So, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, Homestead versus the Jags might be leaning towards homestead so we'll see yeah I, I would go to the race it's even though nascar is what it is uh you have many weeks to go yeah. with the football and that division is is somewhat wide open but we have tickets to that so um we'll promote it i'll leave you to do that for um K-On and all the people there but uh for me the niners win uh, win big 
but lose Nick Bosa to a groin injury, lose E-Man, Emmanuel Mosley to an ACL after getting a pick six. Uh, there's a couple other injuries. Uh, Jimmy Ward just came back from a hamstring, injures his hand. Um, issues at the field surface at uh, whatever the fuck they call that stadium now. It used to be Erickson Stadium in Charlotte. Uh, they put down field turf. It's not the first time the Niners have been caught out by bad field turf. Um, losing players. At least we didn't lose uh, Bosa for the year. The last time they played on bad field turf, which was at uh, MetLife. And uh, lost him and Solomon Thomas in like a span of like three plays. Um, but they won. Jimmy G did what he had to do. And there were some drops. Wasn't the most amazing offensive uh, performance, but the reality of the world is they did the job. Running backs, Tevin Coleman coming from the coming from his couch, going and beating one of his former uh, division rivals when he was on the Atlanta Falcons. So um, it's going to be a good couple of weeks for him in that sense. Uh, him and Jeff Wilson building a one-two combo at the running back position. Wide receiver Jawan Jennings getting back into the mix uh, as the third wide receiver as that safety valve, which is huge for the Niners. Uh, they need that. Um, they can use the speed. They do have Danny Gray, uh, but I don't think Kyle Shanahan knows how to use them. Same way as he doesn't know how to use Trey Lance. But and then this week against Atlanta is kind of a trap because they're going to be playing Kansas City, who just scored another touchdown with fucking Travis Kelsey. That is retarded. Are you kidding me? He's thrown four fucking touchdowns to that asshole. Come on, man. Like, at the, it's like after two touchdowns, like, literally mug him. I mean, come on, man. They gave him a free release on that ball. They gave him a free release on the one. Yep. Well, here, here's another thing about the Chiefs. So when they're in short yardage, if it's like a fourth and goal type of situation, I, I don't know, I didn't see what down yard to go this was, but fourth and goal, they're never going to have uh, Mahomes do a QB sneak because he got a knee injury, I guess, yeah. like yeah, a couple years ago, if you remember and everything. I Someone mentioned that to me today, and uh, that's an interesting situation and something I have to look out for. Now they're, f- what the fuck, they're going for two? Well, I guess it makes sense put the game out of reach for uh the Raiders here. Um but oh well you're gonna see it and yeah, okay, knock that shit down. So can't believe I'm cheering for the Raiders, but it's only because of fantasy purposes to give him more opportunity. Oh, good job on Max Crosby for whoever has yeah. him uh, the IDPs getting a yeah. pass deflection on a well, does that count on a two pointer? Pass deflection's a pass defect deflection. Okay, I guess that's true. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean the Raiders are down seven now. Um, Travis Kelsey is proving why I don't put tight ends. That's why I don't want tight ends in fantasy because there's, this is, there's, it's essentially Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and then everybody else. That's why I didn't want to have tight ends in fantasy. I Pat Fryermuth as my tight end. He's concussed on a team that's going nowhere. I mean, you talked about how you did what you did with your tight ends. That's why I didn't want tight ends. I'd rather have another flex position. I think that's better. In the end, you can have a QWRT. I could add a QWRT. I could add it would be a WRT flex. So if you want to go and pick Travis Kelsey, God bless you. I can go and pick whoever. But 
fucking cans. Uh, you should have done a QWRT, and then that would get really interesting. Right, we have I a have that. I already, well, yeah. If I, well, we, yeah. If if we do a triple quarterback league, then have enough quarterbacks. <laughs> we don't. There aren't enough quarterbacks. Believe me, I, I'm in a. Uh, yeah, I mean, you see the freaking waiver wire in our league. For fuck's sake, I'll just go on there now. But I'm gonna lose this week. I'm third in this in the league, and I'm losing the second place team. Uh, the quarterbacks that are on the waiver wire right now are pretty motley. Uh, essentially, it's what Carson Wentz, who just got buried by his coach, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, Davis Mills, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, who has a high ankle and sucks, Cooper Rush, who's mediocre, Flacco, who probably is the better quarterback for the Jets, honestly, but they're not going to play him. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Um, Mitch Trubisky who, depending on how bad the the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line blocks, might still have a chance to get back in. Um, Mac Jones is having injury issues. New Orleans has injury issues at the quarterback position. Bradley, Brad Bailey Zappi for New England won uh, because, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm forgetting what the hell the guy's name is for the Detroit Lions. Uh Jared Goff is completely inept when he plays uh, Bill Belichick defenses. We saw that in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and uh, it happened again on Sunday against the Patriots when for his Detroit Lions. Granted, his number one wide receiver wasn't healthy. His number one running back was out, but they didn't do jack shit. So there is that. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, my fantasy teams are having a week this week. Um, I'm going to lose in my league. Uh, I have to go and bring up the stat tracker to confirm, but I mean, I already know I'm down. I'm down 21 points. Um, Wilson is going to win the week. He's got 254 points so far. Um, Professor J is going to finish second overall. He's going to have the biggest win of the week. Um, I'm going to fall from third to fifth. There are, but uh, as it stands, Josh, uh, you'd be behind me uh, in overall standings. Uh, Professor Jay would go to five and zero. Oh. His Buffalo Bills are running good too. I'm losing in uh, my other Yahoo league and I'll fall to ninth to two and three. The other team I was playing was also two and two, so you're going to go to three and two. Uh, so that sucks. He has, and the irony is Darren Waller. He has Darren Waller, and Darren Waller um, got knocked out without ever getting a play. T Higgins I had in, and T Higgins didn't do shit. So if I had actually played Chris Olave, that's what it is. If I had literally played Chris Olave, uh, I would have won. Okay. That's whatever. I can't really do anything about that. Um, I'm still fifth in my league. It's still a playoff spot. I have a two game lead on. Um, I have a two game lead on Luke and uh, and Manny and Vic. I have a three game lead. Wilson gets up to third, so now he's got a lot of energy uh, going into. This next matchup, I think I'm playing Wilson next week, which sucks. But yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't Professor J like 
start out like zero and ten or something like that last, last year, and now he's five yeah. and zero. Well, Professor J, because he's one of my close friends, to be fair, said he wanted to draft Josh Allen number one last year as a Buffalo Bills fan, and he felt like that what happened last year was going to happen. And I kind of talked him out of it. He went for CMC, and it went to hell. I got CMC in my other league, and I still faded it, and still, and I ended up. Um, I mean, I fa- I got CMC, and I think I made the playoffs in that league, even after losing him. But yeah, so I mean, it's it's brutal. He wanted to pick Josh Allen last year, number one. Um, him picking Josh Allen number one this year. Uh, at least you, Vic, Wilson, uh, so at least four people in the league knew that he was going to do that, and it set off a kind of a quarterback firestorm, uh, which left me with what I have at quarterback. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to have any waiver budget left. I think I'm going to have to trade. I'm going to have to trade for waiver budget um, because there are other people that don't even use the waiver budget. So I'll I'll trade you for like fifty dollars a waiver budget, and I'll just like Venmo you. I don't know what the value of waiver budget is relative to actual money. I mean, I know the American dollar doesn't have very much value in most places. You might yeah, have right to, now. <laughs> yeah, because I've been using waiver budget to try to make my team better. And did he just throw a tutty? Yeah, he did throw a tutty to fucking Devontae, Devontae Adams. Okay. Oh, so. Derek Carr, Derek Carr is trying to stay in this game. Got to give him credit, man. Okay, yeah, he, he. I mean, not saying you know he ain't bad, but it's like the value of a you know QB one versus um you know I, he's definitely not a QB one. That's the problem. Yeah, he's a he's a QB two, but he's got a heart, and he's always had that heart, and now he's got his BFF as his number one receiver, which you could tell the difference now uh, when. When Aaron had Devonte Adams, and now he doesn't have him no more. You better. Now they're going for wow. Josh Josh McDaniels going for two here. That's a very interesting call. They're calling it. They didn't make a call. They're saying he was short. They're not doing anything. Eh, that's short. Oh man, that's not good. He fell early. Oh, he fell early. He should have. He should have went and broken outside. There was nothing there. I don't know. That's that's where you call goal line formation, like. On the two yard line, like they did it out of a shotgun, right? Shit? Yeah, yeah. What's up with this shot? Come on, under center, hand it off under center. Call power. It works every time. At least in Madden. No, at least, yeah. Well, yeah, in Madden for sure. But yeah, at least run. At least have power with a fullback and go and have an option. And worst case, you can go and do a naked bootleg. Uh, owed to, owed to Doug Flutie or whatever. Run the naked bootleg. He can do that. Oh man! So whatever. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Travis Kelsey's probably going to score another touchdown because of that. Yeah, the Niners have a game against Atlanta this weekend. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of the key players that are hurt are not going to be playing. Uh, Eman's out for the year, unfortunately, because of the shitty turf. Kind of like cheap ass parts. Um, shitty turf instead of having grass. And all these owners are billionaires. You can figure out a way to keep grass at your stadiums. Um, it's a problem across the league for a lot of teams. So, I mean, the fact is SoFi Stadium doesn't have grass and it's L.A. Like, really? Come on. You should have grass there. Um, I get why 
why Matt Life doesn't have it or Philly doesn't have it. I kind of get that, but your your owners are billionaires. You can find a way to keep grass um, in a in a pod of some sort, and then you go and transport said pod the grass to the stadium when it matters. That's that's what you should do. Um, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Niners trying to uh, maintain their lead in the NFC West. Uh, they are uh, they are leading right now. Uh, Seattle is a, a revelation with Geno Smith for sure. Um, I'm going to go scroll down to them. So Niners are three and two. They're the only team that hasn't lost in division. They're two and zero. Uh, they have a one game lead on the Rams and a one and a half game lead on both the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Um, they do have a one game lead actually on the Seahawks because they beat them. Um, Niners uh, only have given up sixty one points so far on defense through five games. So. That's just a little over 12 points a game, so that's pretty good. Uh, NFC is pretty tight. I mean, there's three teams that have four wins or more in the NFC East. Minnesota Vikings have done it with smoke and mirrors. Uh, they've won three games in division. That's really why they are 4-1. and one. Um, Green Bay is 3-2, and two, so they're in it even though things are not looking great. Chicago is pretty terrible, and the Niners somehow or another lost to them. Uh Lions are one and four, but they're way better than that. Their defense has is not that good though. Uh, Tampa Bay leads by a half game over, or, or no, one game over the Saints and the Falcons. The fact is, the Falcons should have won yesterday. That bogus passing or or roughing the passer call is only something that would go to Tom Brady. Uh, Carolina Panthers just fired uh, Matt Rule earlier today. Steve Wilkes, which is typical. They always make the interim coach and African-American coach as a scapegoat to make it look like they're doing diversity. And in the end, they don't ever get the job. Um, Steve Wilkes and now his second opportunity to be head coach. Caroline is not that good, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I mean, you have, what is it, four and three, seven that make it into the playoffs. I mean, right now, Philadelphia would have the bye. Then you'd have Vikings, Tampa, San Fran, and then you'd have Dallas, the Giants, and uh, Green Bay would be the seven teams that make the playoffs. Is that? That's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm looking for Isaiah Pacheco, my Rutgers guy that's on my team. Uh, in the AFC... Buffalo is four and one. Kansas City's gonna more than likely go to four and one. Um, they're gonna have their big matchup next week in the late window. Baltimore and Tennessee are at three and two, so those are the next two teams. Then you have uh, the Jets and the Dolphins and uh, the Chargers. Yeah, Jets, Dolphins, Chargers are the seven teams and. Chargers and the Broncos are going to be playing on Monday night, which is going to be a buster. Uh, the Sunday night football game is pretty good. I think it's Philly-Dallas on Sunday night next week, um, just out of curiosity. So Niners are in the mix. Uh, 
right now, so that makes me happy. It's early in the season. We haven't lost everybody, so it's a good thing. Cowboys and the Eagles at Eagles Sunday Night Football for battle for the NFC East uh, division lead. Um, Broncos and Chargers battling for second place in the AFC West on Monday night. The 425 game is the game of the week. Next week with the Bills and the at the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Um, four o'clock games. There's only two 405s. Neither of them are compelling. Uh, the one o'clock slate is pretty deep. Uh, what is it? You have eight games in the one o'clock slate. Um, Buccaneers traveling to Pittsburgh. Wow, that's that's going to be rough. Uh, Giants hosting the Ravens. That's an interesting one. Dolphins hosting the Vikings. Jets going to Green Bay. Okay, that's something. Niners are playing in the 1 o'clock window. Um, second week in the East Coast. Playing the Falcons, so I'm probably going to have to go to the V to watch that. The Thursday night game, uh, do yourself a favor. Don't watch that unless you're a fan of the Washington Generals or the Chicago Bears, that game is probably going to be terrible. Um, We'll get into what's going on with fantasy and our real teams next week. Uh, Let's get into Vegas, Josh. Uh, First, Xfinity, the um, Alsco Uniforms 302. 38 cars in the starting lineup. Nobody misses the show. Parker Retzlaff uh, will be driving the O2 for our motorsports. Last week was driven by Sage Karam, and they were having a good run. He ran into a couple of people. Uh, Sheldon Creed, it's a home game for him. Bailey Curry, sponsored by Alka Seltzer. Matt Mills, a rolling caution. And the five for BJ McLeod. Haley Deegan, a rolling blowjob, uh, will be making her Xfinity debut for SS Greenlight. Trevor Baines driving the 18 car this weekend for um, the Gibbs, Joe Gibbs, and uh, John Hunter in the 26, Kyle Weatherman in the 34, Jeffrey Earnhardt for Emerlyn Gase, Josh Williams for DGM, CJ McLaughlin, another rolling caution uh, for the 38 RSS, Raja Karuth. Coming off of a good season in the ARCA series, uh, driving for Alpha Prime. Uh, Stefan Parsons again in the 45 for Alpha Prime. Nick Sanchez, the ARCA Menard Series champion, will be driving the Big Machine uh, Records 48. JJ Ailey 66. Chris Wrong in the uh, 68. Another rolling caution. Mason Massey. In the 91, David Starr, 08, Matt Jaskell, 13, Kyle Sieg, 28, and then Garrett Smithley will be um, running uh, in a B.J. McLeod 78 car. So reset in the playoffs, Josh. Um, And what are your thoughts on the race this weekend at Vegas? I'm trying to remember um, the uh, races right now. They ran earlier this year in Vegas, and Keebler uh, won. Keebler won over Noah Gagson, who won both stages and led the second most laps. Justin Allgaier led the most laps, and um, Hemrick 
Barry, Allgaier, Top 5, Castle, Creed, Moffat, Aubergier, and uh, Brandon Jones rounded out Top 10. Clements actually finished 11th, and John Hunter Nemechek finished 12th um, in the Sam Hunt 26. So, And for the Alpha Prime people, the fans of Alpha Prime, Ryan Ellis finished 13th, Kaz Grala 23rd. Um, what is it? I, what Jeffrey Earnhardt's driving for Emerlyn Gase. They made the show with Joey Gase and finished 22nd. So um, there, there is history from earlier in the year. Keebler uh, adds up really great. Um, but Gagson, it's a home game for him. He wants to win this race. Sheldon Creed, it's essentially a home game for him too. A lot to dive into. What are your thoughts on the Vegas race and who are you picking as your... Um, driver to win and wild card yeah 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 this race i mean it's exactly what you said it's going to be I think a battle between the big dogs and in the top eight here and that's ty gibbs no gregson josh berry justin Algar, uh aj almendinger um i think you know those are the top guys right now in in the series and you know out of those guys uh Allgaier, um Ty Gibbs, no Gregson. I think those are the guys that are good on the mile and a half. AJ Allmendinger is pretty good as well, but you know I don't think he quite has the pace as those three cars. So I think you're looking for any of those three cars to win. And you know, for me, you know, I'm I'm gonna roll with uh, the hometown kid here uh, this weekend here at No Gregson. Uh, you know, Noah Gregson taking the victory uh, here in Xfinity this weekend. Uh, you know, to set up the run to the championship uh, uh, going into Phoenix next month, uh, the first weekend in November. So that's what I'm, I'm going to go with. Uh, I think, you know, as wild card, uh, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Trevor Bain here as wild card uh, in the Xfinity series. He's ran pretty well, you know, in his time in the 18 car running uh, in, you know, part-time effort. Uh, you know, ran top five a couple of times and uh, generally looked impressive uh, despite, you know, being away from the car for a while and maybe could parlay this into a, you know, a longer term or longer length uh, number of races uh, or more, more seat time in general uh, for the uh, 18 car or any other car for Joe Gibbs. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to go with this weekend uh in the Xfinity series. Uh yeah, a lot of lot of new entries in this race. Uh John Hunter Nemechek also gonna be in it. He could be a wild I mean, that's probably another solid pick is John Hunter Nemechek is a wild card. Uh Roger Carruth is gonna be in it, like you said, Jazz Cole, uh uh Haley Deegan O seven. Uh that's a gonna be interesting. Parker Retzlaff ran pretty good uh during his time uh in his first couple races, so he could be a, another good wild card pick potentially but running in our our motorsports car so not sure but i mean this this race overall could be uh interesting to watch um watching this raiders game Derek carr throwing it in the dirt with a minute 32 left third and one uh but you know we'll see we'll see what happens this weekend it um definitely think it's going to be a race where clean air is a factor but you know the xfinity races at this track seem to be a little bit more interesting than cup but you know uh, excluding 2022 with the next gen but uh expect a lot of um you know track position but you know also uh you know there's probably going to be opportunities to pass but uh you know we'll see we'll see what happens in this race and how the playoff you know field effect you know is affected by by this race 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, good picks. I'm taking Gagson kind of a, a giveaway in a sense um, for me uh, in that sense. Um, I'm going to go for the Xfinity Series race. You pick Gagson, I'll pick Keebler uh, to win. He won earlier this year. He's versatile. I mean, he drives like a dick, so it kind of makes sense. He has to drive for his grandfather, so he is a dick. And he drives with with the Napoleon complex. So I'm going to pick Keebler Gibbs for, um, oh, let's see. You picked, so uh, I'm just going to update this. Josh's picks for Xfinity at Vegas. Yagson to win and. Uh, oh, yeah, I put it in the wrong channel. Yeah, I put yeah, it in the general and, said, and see the picks. And you said uh, Bain wild card and then. Phil's picks for Xfinity at Vegas, uh, Keebler to win, and wild card. That's a good question. I'm going to pick Daniel Hemrick. I'm going to I'm going to be a fanboy and um, elbows up Daniel Hemrick. He's got nothing to worry about now. He has a job for next year. It's been an issue for him his whole career, knowing if he's going to have an opportunity. He does have a job for next year. I'm sure Matt Colleg is trying to get another charter. So the notion that um, he couldn't get a, an opportunity back in the Cup Series, it's still there. So uh, Hemrick, he's free now. He's just going for wins. Uh, it's going to loosen up the whole entire team. I mean, their their focus is trying to make sure that A.J. Allmendinger, uh goes and gets the Final Four. But um, I'm going to pick. Daniel Hemrick as a as a wild card. I mean, it's kind of a reach, but whatever. Essentially, he's right on the periphery of the top ten. He's out of the playoffs, so it's my show. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Um, the Cup Series South Point four hundred only thirty six cars uh, this weekend at uh, Las Vegas. The uh, race earlier this year. Uh, Pennzoil 400 saw Alex Bowman win with a two-tire stop late over Kyle Larson. Ross Chastain led the most laps. Kyle Busch, second most laps, started tailback and came all the way up there. Um, Clyde, third most laps, led. Uh, Hamlin had fourth, so, and he had, he blew an engine or blew a, he had a transmission drivetrain issues, whether it was an engine, gearbox, whatever. Um, Briscoe got wrecked early. Blaney was wrecked early. Suarez was dead last. So, I mean, of course, Suarez is not in the playoffs, but if you look at Briscoe, who started fourth and got wrecked. Um, Blaney was 11th. Those are two playoff guys. Hamlin, drivetrain issue after scoring points in both stages. Um trying to go through this uh, Bubba ended up finishing 25th uh Hebrick actually had a good run um trying to go through who else is in playoffs yeah Logano finished 14th uh Christopher Bell started on pole finished 10th yeah Clyde 9th Reddick he's out of the playoffs so it doesn't matter uh Byron uh had good stage points finished fifth Chastain third uh, Larson is out, and so is Alex Bowman. Um, I'm not sure I'm forgetting. One, two, um, 
one, two, three, four, uh, five. Uh, where's six? Where's six? Where's six? Uh, six. Okay, so yeah, six, seven, eight was on the bottom there with Hamlin, Briscoe, and Blaney. But um, I get first dibs on picks for the cup. Um, it's interesting looking at where this year the season has gone. Um, um, in terms of the one and a half mile racetracks, length equal to one and a half mile racetracks, oval at rankings. The last 10 one and a half mile racetracks, uh, one and a half mile races. I mean, Larson is uh, by far the best, has an 8.5 average finish. Uh, Chastain, Truex, Hamlin, Kurt Busch. Of course, Kurt Busch is not around. Uh, Bowman isn't going to be in this race either. So it's Larson, Chastain, Truex, Hamlin, Byron. When you consider the playoffs, three of the drivers are in the playoffs. Clyde is in there. Christopher Bell's in the top 10. Joey Logano's in the top 10. Uh, Briscoe's right outside. He's tied with Ryan Blaney. Blaney has five top 10s in um, the last 10. Briscoe only has two top 10s, but most of those are top fives. Um, trying to look at who else is in this playoff here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So, yeah. So in the last 10 races, um, and Mahomes gets another one. God bless him. When you're that good, you're that good. Um, I mean, the one thing I, I, I would say is that the Toyotas are really, really good on these one-and-a-half-mile racetracks. So there is the opportunity where for a Bubba Wallace or Keebler or a Toyota like Kyle Busch to go and win or Martin Truex, who hasn't won all year. He's great on these one and a half mile racetracks. Um, but I'm going to go, I am going to go with Ross Chastain. Uh, track house is going to want to avenge the Roval and what happened there and almost having both of their drivers fall out. Um, I think Ross Chastain, he had a great car in March, probably should have won that race. Um, track position pit strategy fell against him, but Chastain makes it to the final four. Now, whether he has a chance to actually win the championship, that's another th- discussion. Um, in regards to a wild card pick at Vegas, I would go and say, because it, it's kind of open now. Anybody who's outside of the top eight, they're just racing for the rest of the season. So I'm going to go and pick Harv as my wild card for this weekend um he's had a good record at vegas over the years been able to do stuff there he almost won the roval last week um it's kind of rough that he got eliminated in the first round the kind of drivers we lost in the first round it would have made this second round more intriguing honestly uh but you know it's kind of how things go uh so chastain to win Harvick as my wild card. How about what are you looking at, Josh? Or your yeah, I'm trying to unmute myself there, but 
No, I mean, I think, you know, you got a good pick there with Ross Chastain, of course, led the uh, most laps there. But, you know, and you also mentioned Toyota being good on mile and a half this year. Of course, they won the last mile and a half with Bob Wallace back in Kansas. And brings me to my next point here. Um, I'm going to go roll with uh, Denny Hamlin this weekend, taking the win uh, and, uh, you know, setting himself up to go to Phoenix as the first uh, playoff driver to secure the spot. Uh, I mean, they've, they've had good speed. I feel like as of late, you know, on the, uh, you know, one mile and a half tracks, uh, you know, they won the Coca-Cola 600, although it was more of luck than skill, but they did have a fast car there. Ran second at Kansas, um, you know, uh, ran, ran good at Texas. Uh, you know, they've, they've had generally good speed on the, on the mile and a half tracks this year, Nashville, not really a mile and a half, but you know, kind of the same idea, they ran fourth at Kansas uh, back in you know the spring. Good track, uh, good finish there. Um, uh, Las Vegas, uh, they had issues at Las Vegas, but um, they they led thirty one laps there. So uh, they you know Denny Hamlin, uh, I think is a good pick. Probably the best of the remaining Toyotas, uh, you know, in this championship. There's only two left, so uh, you know I think think he you know. Is probably driven more than ever, especially you know with um, uh, the you know issues with NASCAR right now and everything. But you know, I think um, he can go out and secure his uh, spot here in the playoffs uh, and potentially you know finally win that you know elusive uh, title. You know that's uh, been a problem for him in his career. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, this weekend. Uh, as far as wild card. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that you can go with this and, you know, especially the playoff field begins to thin out. Um, you can kind of see where, uh, you know, how things are going. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, Eric Jones, uh, as wild card this weekend. Uh, you know, like how he's ran this year and, um, you know, he's been, um, you know, he's already had one win at Darlington, of course, but, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, had a had a chance at the end, I think, of um, the uh, Las Vegas race there at, at the end of the year, or at the end of the um, you know first Las Vegas race at the spring. Um, you know, I, I, they they had a, a crash with you know the last ten laps or so of that race and caused you know the caution to come out. But you know, they've they've ran pretty well overall this year uh, in a lot of uh, areas. So. I could definitely see them being a factor here, uh, you know, towards the end of this race for sure. They've you know, improved a lot over the years, uh, over the course of this season. So, you know, um, I think they could be someone to watch this weekend for sure, but, you know, expect more of what we saw, you know, at Kansas and, um, you know, what we saw at Las Vegas earlier this year and even extending out into, um, you know, places like Nashville or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I think this race is going to be interesting. We'll see how tire wear affects, uh, you know, compared to the spring, um, you know, how, how well they can race mid pack. And then also, you know, how, how much, uh, you know, does it take to really go for the leaders? Clean air going to be really a big factor, although, you know, next gen cars perform well on the mile and a half tracks. So we'll see. Sorry. I had to go and click out of that. I was trying to go and multitask going and trying to get our double points, uh, records uh in check while i'm also checking my hair and i have to go and trim my widow's peak and all that but um you know it's something we'll see with vegas i think uh, homestead's gonna be the wild card 
because you're not going to have any racing at Martinsville here in a couple weeks' time. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. We'll talk about it next week on the GSP, um, where there will be talk about Homestead and uh, Formula One U.S. Grand Prix, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Josh, what's going on with you? I know you were working last week and you're out of town for a little bit, but what's going on in regards to iRacing and Sim also on the console platforms for the fans? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, yeah, last week, of course, was on business travel and everything, so didn't really have a whole lot of time to prepare or, well, to uh, do anything on iRacing, really, uh, until I got home. I did run a little bit of uh, Daytona on the 87 car one just one race uh it was probably one of my worst races ever in the daytona in the xfinity car just uh never never was like really got up there to really be in contention and um just uh it seemed like couldn't get a handle like on the on the top lane like whenever the bottom lane stacked up i would try to go to the top uh or you know go go to the second groove and and just seemed like um um i would get tight like corner like corner uh exit or you know center you know three and four start to somehow get tight there and get up to the wall and kept hitting the wall a couple of times so seemed like maybe the handling model in the 87 car changed but just ran ran one uh on the 87 car and then i think i yeah i I did try to attempt the road course uh the roval on the uh cup car and um didn't I, I didn't really do too well there either because uh, I think I had the wrong setup and just kept getting loose off of turn two on on the oval turn two and you know in Charlotte uh, and everything and then um, really really didn't have good reference points for uh, braking and stuff because uh, I haven't really had a lot of experience on that track but you know wanted to try it because I like how the Cup car runs on the road courses in Xfinity but you know. We'll get back to it this week, though, later in the week, hopefully. Um, Las Vegas uh, on the cup side, try that out potentially. Um, you know, the uh, I'm looking at these other tracks. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities here. Um, you know, uh, you know, Watkins Glen potentially in uh, one of these cars. Uh, the Radical SR10 or something like that might be an interesting challenge. Uh, maybe uh, in, you know, I'm trying to look to see, trying to find the 87 car here, where where that is. Uh, NASCAR 87 here on there on iRacing, uh, iRacing NASCAR Legend Series at North Wilkesboro. So maybe I'll try that. I'm not not sure yet if I have time. Uh, production car Sim Lab Challenge Road Course Series, basic you know level uh, injury level series with uh, the Ford Mustang FR500. 500 and Mazda MX-5 at a Okayama circuit. It's always a good racetrack uh, to run at. Uh, and thought I saw Devontae Abs push somebody to the ground while he was walking in the locker room. Probably can't blame him because he's frustrated and everything, but that is that. Oh, uh, Auto Club Speedway, IndyCar fixed. Uh, Oval Series at Auto Club, always a fun race, so maybe there potentially uh, if I have time. Uh, Open Series at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, uh, road. Let's see what else is there. Uh, looking around here, uh, maybe USF 2000 at VIR, uh, Homestead Indy Pro 2000 at Homestead Road Course. Um, so yeah, always always a lot of opportunity here. I racing, you know, a lot of variety here to run uh, on 
you know, on either ovals or road racing, there's plenty of, uh, you know, flavors to go around, uh, there, uh, console been playing a lot of Madden, uh, trying to be the Jaguars and play there. Uh, you know, I, I can be a better quarterback playing Trevor Lawrence than Trevor Lawrence can apparently, but, uh, you know, it doesn't count for anything cause it's just, uh, the video game, not real life, but you know, that's how I try to do it and definitely try to run the rock with, uh, uh, Tr James Robinson and Travis Etienne as much as possible. So maybe I'm a better play caller than Doug Peterson is because he definitely needs to run the ball a little bit more than he has been. So maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's the key, key there, just run the ball. Um, but yeah, so there's that, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, we have, uh, just a, a reminder, you know, we have the, uh, you know, a little partnership, I guess, with map 360 collective and you know they gave us the tickets for charlotte they'll give us tickets for uh homestead and i think for um uh for phoenix as well which uh, uh that might be interesting or they may be giving out prize packs for us to give away or something like that or you know for us so keep that in mind of course you know you can uh watch the uh the race for the championship uh docu uh series reality series on uh usa also stream on uh peacock make an account there or, uh, you know, your favorite streaming service or wherever, wherever you can find it. Uh, if you have a platform, YouTube TV or anything like that. So go watch it there. It's a pretty interesting, uh, series, uh, going in the background of these drivers as, you know, they prepare for the season as they go throughout the year. Um, and, you know, kind of the behind the scenes aspect of, you know, um, and more, you know, more, uh, behind, you know, things, uh, that we don't normally get to see, uh, outside the racetrack. Uh, and get a little bit more in depth uh, about you know these drivers and their personalities and their you know lives beyond the track. So good series, uh, and you know there's always uh, opportunity to watch it you know wherever you like. Uh, but it's on USA Thursdays 10, 10 p.m. So go watch there if you would rather not watch Amazon Prime uh, in the Thursday night football, uh, especially with Washington and Chicago. So uh, definitely check that out. And then you know of course. Uh, Always tune into the playoffs. Uh, tune into the Las Vegas races this weekend on both NASCAR Xfinity and Cup. So you know, of course, uh, as the NASCAR closes out the year and we see these uh, playoffs play out. Of course, we've already talked about it, but check it out, NBC uh, there. So of course, uh, close out the show. You can follow me on my Twitter uh, and follow um, you know my uh, thoughts and perspectives on you know, NASCAR, Jacksonville Jaguars, and lots of other things uh, that I'm interested in. Go watch me there and uh, look at me uh, talk about the Jaguars. And, uh, of course, Twitch, or you can see my iRacing when I stream, twitch.tv slash usailor2, and go on there, uh, follow or subscribe, and, uh, you know, see my racing videos when I post them or when uh, I race there live. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, which this will be on later this week, go on there, uh, you know, uh, at youtube.com, you know, grip strip podcast, go YouTube, uh, or, you know, search that on YouTube and see our videos and everything. And, you know, most of them are up there. Um, so go there and watch, uh, our YouTube or listen to it, whatever you want to do. And, um, yeah, subscribe, give us comments and give us feedback and everything like that. Uh, so yeah, I think, think, yeah, that's all I got for, for the close. Uh, yeah, I'll let you do the rest of the show, Phil. Thanks, man, as always, for doing your thing and uh, supporting me, bringing all the content, your football takes. Uh, 
I think it's good now because uh, you're going to be you're going to have some real thoughts because your quarterback is kind of flaky. So I'm liking I'm liking the unfiltered Josh. It doesn't happen all that often, but it's fun to have him out. Um, I I would be remiss if uh, we're still uh, like 20 minutes left. It is um, still 10 10. So um, happy birthday to June bug. Hey, Rick, got caution on the speedway. Got to got to crash. Crash out of turn four. Had to do it. Oh, my I God. To... I forgot. No, I didn't forget. I knew it was Junior's birthday, and I just forgot yeah. to even mention it. Yeah, happy birthday, yeah. Dale Jr., age yeah. 48. Uh, I same number as Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, yeah, and Jimmy yeah. Johnson made that reference because they're yeah. BFFs. He's like, yeah, you want to probably stay there for a while. It's like, caution on Speedway. I, I had to go, and I had to go, and I had to. I was going to bring it up. I, I knew I was going to do it. There's, uh, I don't know who posted, oh, every time Dale Jr. says problem on the track or whatever, he yells something. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yes, I want that to be a video. I don't care. Um, he is, he's the only one that's watching. That's what that means. Rick Allen's looking at himself in a mirror, combing his hair. Um, Jeff Burton doesn't know where the hell he is half the time. And Latard is so busy doing strat that he's not... I'm, I thought I cut this. It's almost like bad bangs, but uh, to Junebug, happy birthday. You are a legend. Uh, you're the best announcer in the business. You're just like Buddy Baker or Ned Jarrett or Neil Bonnet or insert like Benny Parsons. You got all those people in there. Uh, you're also the most popular driver and you have connections to the best teams in the sport. So happy birthday to you. You have a lovely wife and two lovely daughters. Nicole's the one that looks like you, and she really seems like you and your dad. Um, what is it called? Isla's more like mom. Um, seems to be very um, soft or whatever. So Yeah. Um, she looks like senior, though. She's got senior's face. But Isla? Yeah. Really? Yeah. She's, yeah. They, she I kind of think... I kind of think that that no, his, uh, his, Nicole his, uh, looks... Nicole, his daughter Nicole has the has more of Junior's face, but um, if you look, she's got Senior's face. If you you look at it, yeah, I have to she, go. She's yeah, a resemblance. I have to go look at that again. So, um, all right, that's the analysis you're going to get here on the GSP when you're analyzing Dale Junior's kids and well, who they look like. I kind of figured Isla looks more like um, uh, mommy. Um, but, uh, she also has looks of, uh, Dale senior and, um, yeah, June bugs going to have Ben Kennedy on. So, uh, on the DJD and I'm sure, um, DVC is going to have a lot of fire and, um, speed street. We're not, we're not hired by, uh, dirty mo media though. If Mike Davis knew what was good for him, he could hire us both. We'd be shills because I'm a Dale Jr. fan now. Josh is a Dale Jr. fan, and um, we could promote their shit. I, I, I'm not asking for us to be on Dirty Mo, but if we could get on Dirty Mo, just saying, I'd, I'd have passive income. Josh doesn't need it. He's high society. He can. He's got a good job, but um, but I, I definitely need the money. Um, and then, but either way, if we could make money off this shit, it would be pretty good. We're doing we're doing good here. Uh, you can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. You can find us at Gripshirpod on Twitter. 
uh, Josh mentioned his handle. We're on YouTube at Gripshire Podcast. Uh, we're on um, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we have fun here. Go through all kinds of racing. So uh, we will be back for episode 139 of the GSP next week. Joe Passero will be on giving his takes on all things NASCAR. Uh, doubleheader at Vegas. We'll go through that. We will small roundup uh, with motor, couple of motorcycle races and uh, world or WRC uh, World Rally Championship. Uh, championships already determined, but still have a few rounds to go. Uh, we will preview U.S. Grand Prix at Coda and uh, the Triple Letter at Homestead. We'll talk about NFL. Josh will talk Sim and um, anything else that comes up. Hopefully, um, the team I'm bowling against this week's the team I bowled 267 against uh, last year. Um, hopefully, I can go better. Last week was probably one of the best weeks I've had in a while bowling. I bowled over um, a thousand, I think, across uh, whatever the. Well, like around like eighteen, nineteen hundred for six games or thereabouts. So I was I was bowling pretty good. Um, bowled like a five something. And I bowled like a five. So I bowled over a thousand for like eleven, twelve, and that's my fault. Freaking math was not working, but bowled like eleven, twelve hundred for a set. So that's that's pretty good for two for two sets. So uh, hoping for better this week, getting into position. In the Tuesday league in New Brunswick mix, and then uh, Thursday league, we're playing position. We're in the bottom, but we'll see what happens with that. Kind of figured out some things last week. Hopefully, we'll put up some honor scores, get to talk about it here on the GSP, and maybe we'll talk about a Chase Briscoe win, but we can wish. Um, I'll take the bowling. Uh, that's a bonus. Um, to Josh, thanks as always, brother, for doing your thing and being a great co-host and a friend. And um, we'll see one of our friends next week in Joe Passero and a um, great contributor. And for me, I'll be back. Uh, hopefully my car will make it and I'll make it through all the damn driving I have to do to barely make ends meet. And I'll have an honor score and I'll be in the pots and I'll make a few bucks. That's the goal. Make some extra money. We'll talk about that on episode 139 of the Gripshire Podcast. For Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless and goodbye.